Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. We boldly start an exciting new adventure in an exciting new timeline. It's Star Trek 2009 on Normies Like Us. James T. Kirk. I, I don't know you. I am Spock. Can you speak? I got your gun. I may throw up on you. My customer is very well, would appear oddly self-serving. I shall simply say, good luck. You heard it up top. We take a journey once more as we boldly go where we have gone many, many times, but are happy to return to. That's right, because we're talking a new timeline. In fact, it's Star Trek 2009 here on Normies Like Us. Your hosts, um rebooted captain colin um wow. it's M- mike coy <laughs> wow wow and it's uh, no up. longer captain jacques luc picab it's now captain jacob t kirk reporting mm. for duty kirk. or cadet jacob t kirk as there a, we go first officer currently jacob t. Ranked. kirk yes you know we'll see go through a lot of rank changes we'll see how <laughs> i end up yeah, yeah. And if you're watching the YouTube, you know, I'm getting some heavy lens flares right now. Hopefully oh, man. that's just uh, going to Are die you on down, the bridge but... of the Enterprise? Yeah, Mike is yeah. flying through the J.J. Abrams <laughs> world right now. It's either that or an Apple store. But uh, famously, we're here to... I'm going to stop the gimmick now. But uh, this is the J.J. Abrams, the first reboot kind of of the Star Trek timeline. And, you know, memes aside right. about the lens flares. You know, this is um, kind of an entry point for Trek for a lot of younger people who really missed next gen and all that and it was like all right let's try to make a summer blockbuster for for the yeah youth right yeah exactly it's uh a whole new trek this ain't your father's star trek okay so get ready well extreme you say that right and Hmm. yet i feel so happy to return to my father's characters to leave those next gen kids behind Hmm. who i have said in the past don't feel like my crew to now go to where i'm like Ooh, I know everybody's names. I know who they are. I know my little characters. My little friends are back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it has, having gone through all those OG movies, has given me a new appreciation of this movie and maybe the sequels. So we'll talk about that in the next couple months. But yeah, yeah, I, you know, I have a new appreciation that maybe I didn't have in 2009 when I saw this movie in theaters and thought it was, you know, okay. But I wasn't the Star Trek fan that I am now. Can I ask, um, what is y'all's appreciation level of J.J. Abrams? Mike, mm. obviously we've talked about right. him before on, on a little franchise called Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is, his, this is his reel <laughs> to get Star Wars, kind of. Yeah. Um, which we kind can talk about that tape. stuff here. Yeah, that's yeah. how it feels. Because he, he admitted he wasn't a Star Trek fan. I don't know if I want to blow or blow this, but it was like he liked Star Wars no, no. and kind of did a thing. But um, yeah. I liked Lost a lot. Until the ending, but I I was really really mm. into Lost, but then when it ended in such like a terrible way, literally telling the audience to just let it go. Like I told you, we would have all these answers, and they're literally like just let it go, Jack. I'm like, nah, fuck you, dude. Um, so yeah. I was a little disappointed. I had my trust broken, um, and I think honestly, this movie kind of I was like, damn, you know what? Not bad. And then by the time we did Star Wars, I'm back to my trust being broken because he can't do endings. Somehow Palpatine returned. 
um, right. somehow. It's better at so I'm, up. I, I'm outside. I'm not. I'm off on it. JJ, but we'll talk about mm. this movie in particular. Sure. But personally, I'm kind of off on him. Yeah, Jacob, how about you? Yeah, I think with Lost, he's better at thinking up interesting questions without knowing the answer to those questions. And then when you have to finally get to the answer, it's kind of a letdown. Mm-hmm. But uh, interestingly, topical with this uh, report about Lost behind the scenes coming out recently about the crew maybe not having the best uh, work environment on the set of Lost. So that's interesting. Oh, geez. Um, don't know if you heard about that at all. No, but, I haven't uh, seen that. No. Um, well, yeah, there was just an article about kind of talking about how there was some stuff going on, on you know, on the on the shoots of uh, Lost. So, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, Marquee Television 2008 may have been difficult. Okay. Yeah. I believe yeah. it. Um, but funny story about J.J. Abrams. Um, so I've been re-watching all of the Mission Impossibles recently, getting ready for Dead Reckoning Part 1. Mm-hmm. And I just watched, the day before I watched this movie, I watched Mission Impossible 3, which is the movie that he did right before this movie. And it was his film debut as a director. Like, he'd, he'd been known for TV, you know, Alias, Felicity, mm-hmm. Lost. Now he's doing Mission Impossible 3, his first movie. From that, he gets the Star Trek job, uh, which I'll explain later. But uh, so, yeah, very interesting. So I saw two J.J. Abrams movies back to back. I'm just going through his whole filmography, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, I need need to watch Super 8 Connection, you know? Yeah. And were were they there, Jacob? That's his first ever film, of course. Were the lens flares in MI3? No, not really. Um, I would say the look of... MI3, it does kind of look like Star Trek with the sort of high contrast colors and mm, uh, in the action scenes, the kind of chaotic camera oh, okay. control in the action scenes, but not so much the lens flares, which is sort of, I think, something that he adds for Star Trek and, uh, you know, for the the bridge kind of, that's his idea of the bridge is like, it's this, like you said, Apple store, everything's white and shiny and reflective. Right, right. Oh, but uh, we'll talk about that more. The style. Yeah. Bit, but yeah. Wow. A bold choice was made. But uh, yeah. But Mission Impossible 3, actually, the creative team on that written by Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. We'll talk about those guys huh. because. Wow. They also wrote this movie. And so it's same creative team, same director, same writers. And I'm excited to get into it. For sure. Interesting. Colin, how about you? Where are you at with J.J. Abrams? Well, you know, and look, we are old enough that uh, Felicity was something that aired while I was a teen, and I definitely just did not watch it. And Mm -hmm. Alias felt like something where when I saw the commercials, I was like, maybe my mom would like that. Mm, Uh, But I don't believe I or her ever checked it out. And then Lost. Go ahead. It just felt like Dark Angel with Jennifer Garner. No. (laughs) Dark Mike, Angel and, made and by James Cameron, right? Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> figure out when Dark Angel was airing, so let alone am I ever going to be able to figure right. out when fucking Alias is ailing. So please. Yeah, yeah Jesus Sorry, Christ. go ahead, yeah. Um, and then Lost, I watched the pilot. I mean, it was a huge deal. I don't know if people remember, but there was such a thing as event TV and like water cooler talk and all that stuff mm-hmm. that yeah. blah, blah, blah has disintegrated the fabric of time, blah, blah. You can maybe make an argument. Lost was one of those last shows. I know you've said Game of Thrones, Jacob, but for like mainstream aired on TV, not prestige television, ABC, like one of the original channels, it's a huge fucking deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to say like, I never watched Alias or Felicity either, but I was a big Lost 
fan at the time. So I was watching Lost. I feel like during that time, uh, there was two shows. It was really Lost and Heroes. So maybe another oh, connection oh to this. Movie wow. We'll talk about. Holy crap. And I there remember was that show Heroes. I was a huge fan of Jacob. Tim yeah. Kring's Heroes. But I, I didn't finish. I never went through with Lost. I maybe did the first mm-hmm. season. I definitely remember like the code and the bunker. And like that's it for me. So I never got let down by it. You never got in the bunker? Because that was I like never, season. You never met Desmond, Nalt Penny's boat, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. It, it, it just I remember gets Charlie. I remember yeah. Crankshaft or Overdrive. Drive Shaft. They were called. They Charlie, were great. You all, everybody. Not Penny's boat. Guys, uh, I don't know. I, I, I hate to be triggered at anybody. But, that guy's um, in a Star Wars. Well, yeah. Er, he hangs out yes. when Palpatine returned. Oh, oh, one sure, of the sure, Hobbits sure. is? It's definitely it's that him. one, right? Yeah, yeah it has to be. Okay. Yes. But yeah, Lost was huge, and I yes. remember like every week at school, we're predicting what's going to happen, what's going to happen. But one one anecdote, personal one, is I had the DVDs to catch up to like season three because I didn't get oh, in. Shit. So my friends lent me the DVDs, and I burned through them to catch up. And I put in season one, episode one, and it says the pilot. And in that episode, the plane crashes, and they're looking for the pilot, and he dies. And I didn't realize that was the term for a first episode in a series. I thought it was literally the, the episode was about uh, the pilot. Of course. Sure. Of the airplane. So well, the famous, uh, the famous fact about Lost was that uh, Matthew Fox's character, Jack, was originally only going to be in the pilot and then die at the end of the pilot. But mm. they liked him so much as the main character that they just retooled the show and made him the main character, basically, huh. even though it is an ensemble. Interesting. <laughs> I, I okay. like Damon Lindelof and what he's gone on to do, like watching yeah. stuff. I never watched uh, Leftovers. Uh, Leftovers. I almost called it Passengers. Leftovers. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, and Damon Lindelof, of course, also in that J.J. Abrams circle. Yes. He produced this movie, this Star Trek movie. Um, yes. right. Matt like Reeves in this house. You know, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, yeah. the school of filmmakers. Yeah. We- yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into jump into it. Into right? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, we're, we're about we're already we're already you know we're at impulse we're about to hit warp let's dive right in on a Star Trek 2009 right after this punch it. We're back here on Normans Like Us. We're coming back down to cruising altitude. Do, 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 do. That's right. As we're talking Star Trek 2009 here on Normans Like Us. We have to keep saying the 2009. It feels weird to just call it Star Trek, right, guys? Yeah, Star yeah. Trek 2009. Yeah. You can't, well, you, technically, the motion picture has a subtitle, so you could call it yeah. Star Trek, but that just gets confusing. Star Trek the movie? Yeah. Then you think the series. If you were going to make a new subtitle for this, what would you call it? I don't know. I do. I would I, just call it Star Trek. I would call it as a, um, Star Trek Paradox. I like, it's like that. When, it's like when a band has a self-titled album. That's like, their, and it's like their third or fourth album. album. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, it's like, what yeah. do we call this? It's just the self-titled album. Yeah. yeah, so this is the self-titled Star Trek. Obviously, none of the original band members. Well, one, maybe. Uh, yes, definitely. But yeah, Jacob, can Coming you tell for us a, a little bit track. about the history of this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Please. there's a the reason behind that Why name, of course, is, is uh, you know, after so after the release of Nemesis and after uh, Enterprise was canceled, 
around uh, 2005, uh, you know, Star Trek was kind of at its lowest point where it's like, there's no new projects on the horizon. Paramount was like, what are we doing with this property? We're not going ahead with a, another TNG movie. We're, um, so what they decided to do, well, there's some behind the scenes stuff happened where CBS, uh, Viacom and CBS split. So Paramount was owned by CBS. So, so, uh, or they were owned mm. by, by Viacom, but, but, uh, CBS got the Star Trek properties. I don't know. It's very confusing right, business right. stuff. Um, but basically, Les Moonves, the head of CBS at that time, gave Paramount an ultimatum of like, you need to make a new, uh, you need to be developing a new Star Trek movie or you're going to lose the rights to Star Trek. So they're like, okay, mm. what are we going to do? Let's do a soft reboot. We're going to completely change it. We're, we're going to throw away everything that we've known. We're going to go in a totally different direction. Uh, and they actually looked at Mission Impossible 3 and said, you know, let's get the creative team behind this. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, why I mm. mentioned it earlier. And it's, it's weird how, so Mission Impossible 3, the way J.J. Abrams got that job was Tom Cruise was just like a fan of Lost, like we were talking about. So right. Tom Cruise was watching Lost every week. He's like, let's get these guys for this next uh, Mission Impossible. You know, Mission Impossible 2 kind of a not super well-liked, kind of known as the worst one, directed by John Woo, 2000. Mm. Um, so he's like, we need some some fresh perspective. Let's get J.J. Abrams. And let's get these writers named Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. Now, you know, I these names may sound familiar to you, Normies. Mm. Uh, specifically, Alex Kurtzman, who uh, is now in control of the whole creative direction of Star Trek today. Um, yes. He's sort of the Kevin Feige of Star Trek. So we've talked about him a number of times, uh, you know, including, you know, Star Trek Discovery, Picard, Strange New Worlds, our favorite. And and mm-hmm. I truly believe outside of these great successes in a film today that we're going to talk about that I really love and enjoy. I truly believe, Jacob, when you say you might have heard this name before, it might have been you and Mike saying, fuck Alex Kurtzman. Like our, our <laughs> yeah. take on this man, of course, has not been kind or gentle. No, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of harsh things to say about him. You know, I'm sure he's a, a nice person. I've never met him, but uh, just Didn't care less. projects that he's, he's written, I've not been a fan <laughs> yeah. of. Uh, you know, they also, this writing team wrote a lot of movies that I'm not a huge fan of, like Transformers, uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, The Amazing oh. Spider-Man 2, some real classics, you know, some really wow. great movies. Um the Mummy with Tom Cruise, um, you know, so a classic, nothing but old classic, Mike. Yeah, the nothing start of the Dark hits. Universe, of course. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, start and end, favorite franchise. The start and end, and it's interesting that over the course of three weeks, three weeks, three months, sorry, we're going to talk about these films, these very specific films, and kind of talking about is this a cul-de-sac or a dead end? You know, mm. will we see more of this Kelvin timeline? be interesting to see i don't know yeah yeah they've been a kind of a and a will they won't they with the the fourth installment so we'll see it's interesting to revisit so and like jacob said up at the top and and, you know rewatching the original series stuff and like seeing all these movies now to recontextualize this it has been pretty interesting it gives Um, you new appreciation yeah, yeah and i almost see it 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 is like a continuation of that like to a point, you know, like it is coming from that prime timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's interesting that they, you know, it's not a straight reboot. It's, 
it takes right. place technically within the same canon multiverse. universe of yeah. Star Trek, but because it yeah it involves multiverses, time travel, something that's really hot in 2023, they're a little ahead of the time in 2009, you might say. Star yes. Trek have been doing that. Yeah, but we'll, full spoilers for 2009 Star Trek and all the other movies, guys. Yes. But uh, yeah, you want to jump into it? I mean, how did you feel well, when you finished? Or do you have more fun facts, I guess, before we... I just want to say, like, the reason... So, like I was saying, the reason That's they right. called it Star Trek, just mm. Star Trek, was to not confuse people and say, this is a a reboot of sorts. You don't Star have, Trek and, Reborn. It's kind of saying you don't need to see any of the previous ones to understand what's going on. It's just the mm. first in a series. So that's why they call it Star Trek. Let's keep it, you know, short, clean, easy to remember. Right. Uh, and normies can go see it, you know, and see a nice action comedy type. Yeah, movie. that's, I got, that is very studio. And like, we see that now where like sequels are now just being called the original movie's name, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, sure. yeah. which is on Netflix now. And it's like, it's a, a trend. <laughs> right. But to answer your earlier question, Mike, I would call this Star Trek The Wrath of Nero. The Wrath mm. of Nero. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Any other, any um, other subtitles, Jacob? The I Search for Spock? That's amazing. Oh, wait. Yeah. The Search for Pike. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, it is kind of about someone searching for a Spock. A little bit. Oh, yeah. He finds it a is. Spock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well Nero, Nero searching for Spock. Spock. True. Yeah. So here we go. Right, the, search search for Spock in. the search for Spock too. The search for Spock. The search for Spock I would That's all the the not confusing. If you make a sequel to my film, The Search for Spock. <laughs> I, okay. I, mean, yeah. I, I really weird like The terms. Search for Spock too. Um, um, but yeah, so they decided to go in this whole new direction. We're going to recast all the OG characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a prequel of sorts because it starts obviously before... Kirk is made captain of the Enterprise. He starts out, he's just an unruly cadet, right? We get, yeah, we get origin stories for all these characters. Like when they're at the Academy, we have. uh, Love it. Yeah, what's our cast here, right? Love it. Zachary Quinto and Spock. Hit me up, Mike. Chris Pine is uh, Kirk. We have Zoe Saldana doing a great job as Uhura. And then we have uh, Bones, uh, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Our favorite boy from the boys. Butcher. Simon Pegg as Scotty. Oh, boy, boy. Simon Pegg as Scotty. Uh, Anton Yelkin as Chekhov. Yeah. And John right. Cho as Hikaru Sulu. Sulu. Mm. Let's do five minutes on each of these people. <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we and, and Eric Bannon as Nero. As yeah. the villain of this that's, picture. I like Nero. the order we put yeah. those all in, because that's about where I put uh, Eric Bannon's performance. Yeah. <laughs> well, this Incredible is what I did want to say. Come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> up top, you know... I don't like yeah. everything about this movie, but I do think yes. one of the strongest parts of it is the casting. Agree. And they nailed like all of the OG characters. I feel like they really nailed the casting on one, you know, Chris Pine all the way down. Percent. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but yeah, the, let's the, talk about this what? little twink named Chris Pine. Uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> ah, he's our boy. Now, our Mike boy. has been calling him Edigan, I believe, in like five episodes in a row, literally saying. What if Ed Edgen. was in this? What if Ed was in this? Now we're watching this movie where it's like he is in this. It's great. Yep. We get Edgen. Yeah. We're happy. He's just a young guy making his in his breakout role. Well, first, should we even? Well, we can talk about this after cast. But the first scene of this, of course, f- featuring George Kirk. We can talk. Oh about yeah, well. we get a Chris Hemsworth early on. We get we get yeah you know a different Hollywood Chris. Yeah, we we learn about the the birth of uh, Kirk. Uh, you know, his father is on the. Uh, what, what ship were they on? 
This is the Kelvin. The USS Kelvin. This is Kelvin. the USS Kelvin. Kelvin. Setting off the universe Kelvin timeline. Yeah. Yep, yep. So they're in the Kelvin. So he's on board the USS Kelvin. He's first officer. The You know, Nero appears through this, you know, lightning storm that they find. Uh, the captain goes over, gets killed, obviously. They're completely um, outmatched. Yeah. It's yeah. like the future technology. They stand no chance, right? Does that thing where I know in Star Trek, everybody's like peaceful and logical, but we're literally like the bad guys like, send us your captain. He's like, I'll be right over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this um, is a trap. Yeah, well, they don't. I guess they don't know what to expect, but uh, it's a pretty scary looking ship. Um, but George Kirk is made captain for about fifteen minutes or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Ordering the evacuation of the ship. The ship's about to blow up, but of course, as the acting captain, he has to stay on board the ship. Uh, wow, it's manual only. Autopilots ruined. Yeah, this no, is my no, favorite sequence that. in the entire film. I think this it's a great, looks astounding. It's a great start. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. an incredible kickoff to a new franchise. Narratively, it's fun. It's cool. It's exciting. It sets up great stakes. I like when this happens in like other movies, like similar things. Like if you guys recall the ending to Captain America, the first Avenger, where he has to be on the radio with Peggy and say like, what would our first dance be like as he's crashing a plane? Oh, like that oh, sort yeah, of yeah. self-inflicted death where you're having a moment to still be like, uh, well, so what are we going to name the kid? We could name after your father. Tiberius? Are you insane? That's terrible. Yeah. yeah and I'm it. like Love that. crying and laughing <laughs> and happier than I've ever been in my life. Like, it's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, like, it is it is a trope, but it works good. And like, you know, Chris Hemsworth, to hear him with like a, a not Thor accent, it's, it's very yes. cool. He's just right. doing an American thing. I'm just a and guy. We, yeah, just a guy on a ship. Also, I need to point out Edgen had one of those in Wonder Woman when he had to crash his plane. And yes, you're 100% right that that is how that film ends. It's in his DNA. He comes back and takes over the body. That film is so much like Captain America. I forgot. (laughs) Um, But so then as the escape shuttle is being birthed into space, Jim Kirk is birthed into this universe. (laughs) We've got some great imagery there, Mike. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Truly. um, You know, his, his mother's very pregnant. So she has the baby as the ship is exploding, basically. So he's born mm-hmm. into this world the same day that his father dies. Yep. And that sets up, I feel like that sets up this whole Kirk character in this universe, this whole inciting incident of his dad dying when he was a baby, um, mm-hmm. sets him a on a Kirk different path. Who, right? Again, we have watched six films, so a little license to speak on him. And if we've observed mm-hmm. the original film as well, right? Or I guess, is it seven with Generations? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. That's way too much. Chopping wood. (laughs) But to say that we know who Captain Kirk is, we know who he kind of is as a character. He's, he's rebellious. Yes. But of course, as a rule follower, he's very much the captain, you know, the person who's in charge and is very dashing, very cool. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of leads, leads with his gut, you know, follows his instinct, you know? Um, But uh, yeah, you know, he, he has a code of ethics and honor. He would do things yes. unconventionally, but, you know, yes. he always does it f- from a place of good, right? Um, yes. Generally. Chris right. Pine, pretty much just an asshole. <laughs> like, pretty much just a piece of shit, this early version of him, right? Just kind of yeah. like the rogue, the card, you know, the... He's very shark. reckless, impulsive. Yeah. Doesn't want to uh, take responsibility. It's very different from the Kirk that would have been on the show, because he has yes. a whole different upbringing, right? So that's what they're yes. introducing now. Um, right, and that's what splits this timeline. Um, and that kind of gets at something that I think about this film. Um, 
it's very, it's sort of like, oh, we're just going to be, you know, over the top in every way that we can be. Like, again, it's not your father's trek. Like, we're going to have explosions, fist fights, fucking Beastie Boys songs. Heck yeah. Sabotage. Um, we must keep the running. Yeah. Down. It's not the last time we'll hear it. So, like, the way they introduce no. Kirk as this kid, he's not just joyriding in this stolen car, his stepfather's stolen car. But he actually drives it off a cliff and like jumps out of the last second, right? And just wrecks the car. Yeah. Like, I, he's so over the top. Like everything about this movie is just like taking real Kirk degree, degree. was born in Iowa, Jacob. Yeah. This one, right. under, you know, stress, extreme circumstances, pops out of he's his mom's space. space. Yeah. But Ray, you know, we get this little sequence where it's like, here he is down in Iowa. And do you think this Kirk, Space Kirk, is just going to be like a normal rule following kid no he's rowdy as hell he's a right and he almost kills Um, himself sliding off that thing remember we had space kirk that was born on the uss iowa once that's right that's right but we have a different space kirk now but yeah he's a little shit we meet him when he's a little bit older uh yeah he's getting into bar fights like picard used to fights yeah like the 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 three opening scenes that we see of like these young characters we see young we see child kirk then we see young spock getting in fights then we see a little bit yeah. older young kirk also getting in fights so you know kind of showing some connection there of like oh maybe these guys could be friends you know spock and kirk that's oh right. that's true and and so that's kind of what we're gonna build to these characters don't know each other they're not at the place they were in the show famously right so no. the point of this right. movie is to get our characters in the position that Longtime fans are familiar with. So that whole story here is how do we get them from in the academy to Kirk is the captain, Spock is the first officer, or her is on combat. Right. So it's how essentially we, we like a long that? prequel setup to the yeah. OG Trek that we know Have of. Have we well, seen a lot yeah. of uh, yeah. Vulcan in the past? Oh, yeah. We've seen um, plenty of Vulcan, yeah. especially in uh, Enterprise. There's a lot ah. of Vulcan stuff yeah. in Enterprise that ah. um, Interesting. Captain Archer gets into. Which I really liked the glimpse in this film and seeing him in you know the weird you know teacher machine. Right. I like these these hemisphere teaching machines and and Vulcan that's kind of a Vasquez yeah rocks. a bit of a reference to uh, I think in Voyage Home right at the beginning when he's answering those like questions from a computer. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like relearning his adult ah, Spockness. Of course, right? of course. Nice. I love a Savic. Um, I love seeing a, or Sarek or Sarek. Yeah, Sarek. Yep. yep. Sarek and his mother, Amanda Grayson, played by Winona Ryder. My God. Um, his human mother. So he's half human, half Vulcan, of course, very famously. Uh, and this yeah, was a big deal, about- Jacob. This was like it hadn't mm-hmm. been a minute, and this was kind of fresh off of the um, stealing stuff accusations, right? Remember when she, like, was that even mm-hmm. true that when she did shoplifting? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I remember hearing a lot more shit that. than shot. Yeah. So. Yeah. The news She's cycle doing like Winona's back. She's Spock's mother, and I was like, "That's weird." Awesome, yeah. cool, yeah. Um, but you get that little conflicted, and they really play this up in in Spock's character in this movie of his human side versus his Vulcan side, which of course has been explored in the OG series, even in Strange New Worlds. Now, where yep. we get our third incarnation Love of Spock, it. Ethan Peck. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zachary Quinto. I think he's a pretty good Spock. Like I said before, like I think Ethan Peck has now surpassed him in my yeah. opinion. Uh, but you know, he's not, he's not a bad Spock. Ethan Do Peck's you agree probably with had that, more Mike? time. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying he's had more time with the character cause he played him on discovery and stuff sure. too. 
Right. So that's um, so true. He's been playing Spock longer, just time wise. Uh, and of Zachary course, Zachary Quinto, Quinto really. But I think I he's was going to say hasn't really had a movie career. Like he's not really no. like a star. And this no, is his film debut. Obviously, his mm-hmm. best known role at that point was in the, the show that I mentioned earlier, Heroes, a very two th- late two thousands, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine show. Like Lost, I was watching that every week, especially the a early very seasons. 2008 show. Way yeah. before the superhero boom, though, we have a whole show yes. about that. Uh, but yeah, Siler, you know, he steals everybody's Siler. Siler. He's a great villain. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. are we going to yeah. do our heroes episode? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> time uh, for a rewatch. I rewatch it's, 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 it's weird. It sucks. It's <laughs> what's well, weird because that show was so Season popular at the good. time, yeah. and now no one talks about it. Like it's really. Like people still, I feel like, be like talking about Lost and stuff, and like rewatch it sometimes. But do you guys remember what both those shows uh, fell folly to? Yeah, mm. the the two thousand seven writer strike. Oh yeah, and then um, we got a lot of reality TV. Um, yeah, they ruined those shows. And uh, what's that similar to? <laughs> right. And now, now. we're li- currently living under a writer like strike. Like poetry, interesting. Interesting. Like rebooting that era. Solidarity of course. Interesting. Reboot. Well, this is, yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, this but, is our lives 2023, Mike. Yeah, we did this yeah. Yeah, like 16 years ago. But the thing um, with Siler, the thing with Zachary Quinto, sure. because he was so good as Siler, I can't help but see him as like a little bit villainous, even as Spock. Like he just has a villainous <laughs> yeah. face to me. And I think you're up to something. You're up to no good. I can tell. He's a, he's a little angrier, and this Spock is angrier, right? Yeah, and to a degree. He controls human emotions, but of course he gets bullied for it. You know, I like that he tries to. He gets accepted in the most prestigious Vulcan Academy, but they have to like neg him basically, and they're like, yeah. despite your disadvantage, you've ex- you've been accepted." Which he's is like, what are you talking Vulcan about? Bullying. Yeah, they so he's nailed, like, no, I think, screw you. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. I think they nailed the way the Vulcans while being very polite and logical will like passive aggressively like nag other species and stuff that's it's, like it's an enterprise funny. they do that a lot. like you see a lot yeah. of the way they talk down to humanity like like a backhand totally. compliment and stuff yeah yeah so it nails that Fine. and he says um, i'm going to starfleet i'm a rebel too just like kirk right so yeah so maybe they have more in common than they think he will not be accepted into the vulcan science academy is that correct yeah yeah, so he instead he goes to join Starfleet, and he's the first Vulcan to become a Starfleet officer, uh, which is Incredible. something from the original, right? I didn't um, know that. Yeah. Huh. Well, what about is so, the so, Science oh, yeah. Academy real? Is that from Is that from Enterprise? Uh, I'm What's sure that? it's been established in Universal uh, Science Academy. It's just like you know. Yeah, yeah. Because when he joined Starfleet, it was a big deal. Because, um, but other Vulcans looked down on him. And I think this is something they're exploring in Strange Worlds, that. right? Because Vulcans look down on Starfleet as like, oh, that's for humans and other races. Like Vulcans don't need to lower ourselves to those standards to join join Starfleet as an officer. They would rather, uh, you know, just work on Vulcan, which is why um, ambassadors. Hmm. Yeah. Like to Paul in Enterprise, she was not an official Starfleet member. So she was sub commander to Paul. Right. So she yeah, was working right. to Paul. To Paul yeah. It's like, it's like an exchange student kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. She was just there. So the Vulcans so had Spock, someone keeping an eye on the baby stupid humans, basically. Yeah. But, but so Spock broke a lot of ground by joining Starfleet. Um, and, you know, he was he's in a unique person being half human, half Vulcan. So he, he's got to come to terms with that. But uh, 
yeah, let's talk more about this cast. We got Chris Pine. We got Zachary Quinto. We got Bones. I think we meet. He hates flying. My God. I may throw yes. up on you. What I think he's Bones. great in this role. I really Carl like Urban Carl is Urban. incredible. Love him as Bones. He really mm-hmm. nails his orneriness oh, in, you know, from I'll the series. Everybody in this movie is incredibly well cast. This is the one where you go in and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And then you watch it and you go, that's the best that's DeForest Kelly. Like, like, that I'm like, is to, he's doing DeForest mm-hmm. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's he's really great at it. Uncanny. So yeah, he's a standout for me for sure. Um, and Zoe and Saldana, then, I think is really Zoe good Saldana. for her in this. What do we, but what do we think about her movie career, Mike? Because so often she plays a character who of course does not allow herself to appear. She gets sort of lost in the, the she plays world a blue person or a films. green person in her mm-hmm. two most famous roles, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, well, so what do you think about seeing her as a star, like as herself, Zoe Saldana as Uhura? We need more of it. Like she's low key just been like a major part of the ensemble of billion dollar franchises with Guardians and Avatar. Like, and they made a lot of money with these, you know, so yeah. it's like. She's it's not, you know, just her in the ensemble, but she's been involved with projects that clearly draw like she's she definitely helps. And I think she should probably get more roles just as herself. I think she's really it's underrated. so weird. She's really yeah. underrated. But maybe she just like she does a lot of so many residuals from Avatar, franchises. though. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she's she's doing all right. Um, but yeah, I, I love her as you That's another character that we're getting a, a new incarnation of in Strange New Worlds. Right. We mm-hmm. have a new Kirk, new Spock. New Uhura, new Pike. You know, we have a different Pike new in this movie. Right? We do. Bruce and again, Greenwood. We have, he's good in this. He says, punch it instead of hit it. Right. Punch it. Right. Right. Hey, how are so you? That's, that implies a different universe for Strange New Worlds than this because that's I, on its own. I mainly right. play presidents now. I'm Bruce Greenwood. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Hair is oh. not nearly as good as Anson Mount, but no, yeah, he doesn't have here. It's pretty good for a guy his age, though. That's true, but he's so he's given Kirk. Yeah, he's a, hard a little time. older in this. Yeah. yeah, he's a friend of. He's a he knew I, Kirk's dad. Dad, uh, so he's kind of a mentor Jim. role. Hey, what are you doing? And I knew your dad. I kind of like this where it starts out. You know, it's, there's a different captain of the Enterprise. We got these young gun crew, and then we see by the end of the movie how they get into the positions that we know them in, right? Yeah, um, which we guess is atypical. Yeah, we, we knew that's where it's going to end up, but I think they do an interesting job of getting there. So the overarching plot, obviously, to kind of get that set up here, and we can jump though. Mm-hmm. You know, in the very opening of the movie, the Narada, the, the Romulan ship piloted by Nero, Eric Bana, which I think he's not any worse than Chang. What the fuck did Chang do? Mm-hmm. He's he's just as good. Yes, and when I guess we so. were kind of as a mediocre this... Star Trek villain, yeah. <laughs> when did we see a Romulan villain again? Oh, I guess Nemesis. We just did, right? Mm-hmm. Shinzon, yeah. yeah, he's no Shinzon. Sh- okay, my... first of all. No, <laughs> Guys, how dare you? I had I had no thrown that away. I had evacuated that from my mind. <laughs> oh, you we had Out fun the with it on that episode, and for you to dare to say the word <laughs> shins on to me right now. Well, here's the thing, uh, Nero. I said I like the casting. I like the casting of the crew members. I like Eric Bana fine, but I do find Nero to be somewhat of a weak villain. Um, his motivation is just, you know, straight revenge. It's not anything deeper than that. Like he's just wants he revenge. Just throws his trident twice. And you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> he's just and, like, kind of a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. But he, he yeah, doesn't he have does a lot of depth to him. Time. Right. 
No, no, like they could have done more. Like I, I get the the backstory of like, oh, we were like, I'm a miner and I had a wife and kids and we were out doing space mining and the planet blew up and I'm all pissed off about it. And you know how it is. Yeah, and he blamed Spock, but for it's kind of confusing why because Spock was trying to save Romulus but just failed, I guess, and so then you know uh, Nero just Spock blamed for not Spock on so time. We, so he yes. goes back in the past to destroy. Well, sorry, Spock's real quick. I yeah, just want yeah. to say I don't want to get lost inside of my kind of overall coldness on Eric Bana. Oh, the yeah. red matter of it all, red matter looks dope. It's awesome yep. to say. It's super yeah. cool in this movie. The aesthetic mm-hmm, sure. of it is baller. The I way fucking it blows away love from the needle. This shit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All of it, it is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Creating it's a like singularity matter, inside of something. Yeah. I'm into it. So that's what yeah. they do. Something they, so big for his ship is really cool too. Yeah. So they wanted the stars exploding. So the red matter was supposed to create a singularity and absorb the exploding star, thus saving Romulus. He didn't make it in time, but the red matter detonated. They both get sucked into the black hole and shot out into the past. But Nero was out yeah. there 25 years earlier. Spock showed up 25 years later. It was seconds for him, blah, blah, blah. But Nero gets right. there. He has to wait 25 years for him. So that's who kills uh, George Kirk Kirk's dad right yeah. when they come out of the black hole. Yeah. Um, so the true. destruction of Romulus, this is the thing. So this is why, of course, this film series still fits under the canon of Star Trek because in the future, and this is post TNG time, Romulus is destroyed. Uh, Leonard Nimoy Spock goes back in time. Uh, He also appeared in TNG as Ambassador Spock, of course. So that's kind of continuing that role. Um, And Mm -hmm. in current day, like Picard in the Picard series, Romulus has been destroyed. So that did happen like in the prime Star Trek timeline. Right. Right. In this timeline, Romulus still exists, but he goes back in time and destroys Vulcan. So it's like either Vulcan is going to get destroyed or Romulus in different like either of Right. So yeah. that's his big revenge no, plot. Good. He's like, all right, we're going to go to Vulcan and blow it up. On the way, he does something at a Klingon prison planet. This is told in background. Uhura is like, oh, I picked up a transmission. We get Kirk hiding under the bed, which let me say, I generally think this movie is pretty, pretty good. You know, I'll expand on that. But what I don't like is like the 2009 National Lampoon, like Auga, Kirk. Like, uh, well, this is what I'm saying. So every, every girl and her loves to fuck yeah. Mike. Yeah, everything about this it. movie is the most overtop. In a lot of the ways, I feel like it's the Michael Bay Transformers of Star Trek, yes. where it's not, you know, it's a little more restrained in some ways than Transformers, but mm. you know, the scantily clad uh, actors uh, in the movie and that kind of thing is definitely a part of that. I think like who her has to get changed during her exposition scene. That's a little not great. Yeah. It's pushed into her flash (laughs) and Diana style. Josh Whedon. It's like awkward. Ooh. And like, yeah, I'm just going to get changed in front of my roommate. We just do all this, do this all the time. Right. We just strip down to our underwear in front of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So with that green skinned roommate. Yeah, but no, once Ryan. we're out of there, you know, because we learn, oh, there's a distress call in Vulcan. Once we get on the, the ship and we're doing the thing and we're just running to the stations, like then I think it's fine. Just the beginning is a little, little kind of. I don't mind it though because it fits into the whole, like, just everything about this movie, I just feel like is over the top. Like it's just I, fucking action, yes. sex, you know, fast paced. Like, yes. right. Yeah. It's, it's of its time. <laughs> I like pretty much everything up until basically they get on the Enterprise. And then I'm like, this movie's pretty good. But all the stuff before it, I'm super into. And Jacob, 
what I was noticing this time, because you said you were feeling a different way about this movie now, having seen all the original classic movies. My kind of take this time was a film I used to be super, super, super positive on in this whole series. And I'll expand on that as we go through mm-hmm. the series as well. Now I'm kind of like, oh, it's not exactly how I remember my good friends. And I kind of don't like seeing them pimped out to the max like this. Right. And it is the most. This movie is the word it goes with is complicated. Like the first shot is like, you think it's easy to see those models of those ships on that old show in movies? Guess what? We don't have any of that. We have transformers like you're saying special effects of moving through the title cards or the old x-men title cards where it's like Mm -hmm. yeah and you're just seeing everything in the most complicated way you can and the way characters act taking off their clothes and like the way kirk is acting and stuff it is like the most complicated versions of those characters basically yeah i think maximalist Yes, it's not for everyone, maximum. you know, Trek, a lot of Star Trek fans probably going into it kind of had a system shock where they're like, this is not Star I'm Trek. Sure. Like my Star mm-hmm. Trek is like a bunch of 50 year old people standing around a bridge um, at their various stations and like going back in time, saving whales and stuff. Their favorite um, Star Trek movie is two guys looking at each other on TVs, quoting like Moby Dick. That's yes. their favorite one. <laughs> their right. favorite Star Trek movie is Fast and the Furious. Like they just like <laughs> like they're not even hiding it. Well, that's what the second one's going to be. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Well, that's the argument of like why you know some Trekkies or Trekkers, whatever they prefer to be called, yeah. uh, hated this movie when it came out because it just goes against everything that like Star Trek was about. Like, oh, we're about like you know calmly stating dis- diplomacy and stuff before action and this movie is just like all action all the time if there's not something crazy happening on screen like every five seconds like we're failing as a movie you know what you know what Mm. really captures it you can take a beautiful sequence like the intro and push it a little too far where you get that split second cut of chris hemsworth flying forward as he does crash where you're like oh he is gonna die like i did understand that but like you were doing it so elegant and beautifully like but instead you had to like push it to the max again (laughs) yeah it's very visceral but yeah i think the setup is great setting up who these characters are with very you know limited screen time i think it's it's very economy you know good economy of storytelling yeah i i agree and even though like the trappings are a little extreme right oh i'm getting changed or what we're in a bar fight right but like it hits the beats of a star trek plot where her is like oh i received a transmission from a klingon planet hold on we got some other shit to do and then it comes up later oh it turns out that's a plot point you know like that that is slowly yeah i love that too where they're slowly giving you the clues and Kirk and you know Kirk doesn't figure it out until he hears like lightning storm on the ship and stuff. Yeah. So Kirk's this unruly guy living in Iowa, kind of a dead end uh life. Bruce Bruce Greenwood, you know, Captain Pike uh says, Hey, come on, join Starfleet. You know you want to. You ever thought uh, about space? <laughs> you yeah. ever thought about space? It's up there. Oh. That's Your dad right. was captain of a starship for eight minutes. He saved 600 lives and blah, 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 blah. I dare you to do better. Like, that's a good speech, too. Like, in eight minutes, yeah, that's okay. what your dad did. And if you're half the man that he is, we could use you. I'm like, all right, all right. God okay. damn. That works. That works. I yeah. love it. So he um, shows up, you know, he goes to Starfleet, right? Yeah. He joins the academy as a cadet. Famous uh, Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, so we get the yes. Kobayashi Maru scene. 
a reference to, of course, the Wrath of Khan, Kobayashi Maru. Uh, and I like this. It's a very small detail, but he's eating an apple in that scene. And in Wrath of Khan, he's eating an apple on the, oh, the Genesis planet when he's I telling Savik about it. That's, oh, man. Because I, yeah. I, I hated the apple choice. But like, you're right. Okay, it's fine. That's so I thought funny. it was the most That's awkward thing, I, but it's a reference. I, I really was just like, this is such a great choice. I'm into it, man. I yeah. told you all he this about that stuff. apple to eat while he's doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, oh, Chris so, fine. of course, we see the story that we're told in Wrath of Khan of Kirk doesn't believe in no-win scenarios. The whole point of the Kobayashi Maru is that it can't be beat. I cheated. Mm-hmm. So he cheats and gets around it because uh, he doesn't believe in no-win situations. Right? I don't Sometimes. believe in no-win situation. <laughs> That's right. So we see that in action. But yeah. and Then we see, of course, that Spock designed the test, right? And so here we're seeing Spock meeting Kirk for the orbit. first time. Right. As an yeah. adversary, because he's saying, you cheated on this exam that I've been in charge of. I'm one of the smartest people here. Everybody loves me. Kirk, I'm calling you out. You know, Kirk's like, I can face my accuser. So they're, they're, they're at odds here. Yeah. But that so having this little trial thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Coincidentally, there's a distress call. They all have to get on the Enterprise. Uh, and the distress call from Vulcan. Um, but of course, you know, Kirk is under a- academic probation or whatever. So he can't get on the Enterprise. So Bones has to concoct this whole thing where he inoculates him with this rare disease so that he can get on board He's and everything. Got space <laughs> and he has an allergic reaction to that. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. do you feel about this Look little sequence of Look at that. it, Jim. It's kind of, yeah. there's a lot of wacky hijinks where he's running around. He keeps giving him different shots and he keeps giving if different like Bones symptoms and stuff. is in a scene, mm-hmm. it should be wacky. I think there's good tonal <laughs> yeah. balancing here. They know you're when their characters should be used the way they are. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. No, and the whole scenario, because Kirk, it, it finally, it clicks with him when he, he, like, he's trying to ask Uhura what was the transmission. So he's trying yes. to, like, it's like, as his hands are big and he can't speak, like, th- there is an honest desperation where he's like, this whole, everybody's going to get fucked if they go to the distress yes. call. It's a trap. And he just wants to, the, the desperation is real, right? So, so yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. So he does go quick, to the bridge. Um, yeah introduction just uh, let's go back to casting real quick in characters the person Mm -hmm. who is the ensign i believe giving them the information over the intercom saying this is our mission we're going to vulcan it is peacekeeping we're going to investigate these tremors evacuation if possible is our beloved pavel chekov which is anton yelchin a Mm -hmm. ukrainian uh born actor i believe um yeah. Was just I Rest we truly let's just give him five minutes because he is yeah. he was a little sweetie he was like the coolest he seemed like such a great guy I love this guy I kind of thought he was gonna be our generation's De Niro where he was just like a great leading man everyone was gonna use yeah uh, and then listeners if you're not familiar with it it was a horrific auto accident sort of self-inflicted through this awful really manufacturing yes yeah, like, ran over by his own car yeah. while like, it was in park or something like the parking jesus failed. christ like you yeah. can't even imagine just absolutely horrifying and yeah. he is in all three of these films and spoiler alert has a pretty big part in the third one and that mm. is when it occurred we'll i guess continue talking about it for the press tour of that was pretty much all of them being like we are horrified this is horrific yeah, uh, sure. but he's someone who's in this whole franchise. I just that's so weird to me too that he's you know there's not just one where they have to be like and remember everybody R.I.P. Chekhov. Right. right. Yeah, there's a uh, documentary about him that came out somewhat recently that's kind of 
um, talking about his life. He seems like a really, seems like a really cool and interesting guy. So very sad, but, um, mm. he's also, he's great as Chekhov, you know, he's doing the, the accent and everything. Yes. Did you love yeah, him love in anything else? The, um, the vampire movie, goddamn fright night, the remake. I love the original, but the, the remake in particular is just so incredible. And I think he's just so great in that. He's great in everything I've seen. Um, Green Room. Mm-hmm. Yes. That movie. That's a movie just, where he has to. That's an incredible movie. Yeah. He's in a band. They do Star a gig Trek. at a, a Nazi. Now, like, who, now, establishment what, who plays like, the Nazi? Now, Mike just said Star Trek. Who plays the <laughs> Nazi, right. Jacob? Our favorite one, Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick oh, Stewart, God. going against type, playing a very bad guy role. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a really fun horror movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Alpha if they do make another one song. of these, you know, mm-hmm. it's they're not going to be able to have Chekhov. So Ugh. it's a real bummer. Yeah. And he does a great job with this. And they give him Chekhov, the character throughout these three movies, a lot more to do than yes. the original Chekhov ever did. You know, yeah, I would say all of the characters outside of the, yes. the big three of the OG Kirk, Spock and Bones. Yeah. Um, Hikaru you know, Sulu gets, gets more to do Sulu. here. His yeah, sword Sulu, fighting from Naked Time or whatever is yes. You know from that one up. episode where Sulu sword fights. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They expand on that to make him a, a fencing master, which I love. Yep. Yeah, it's fun, yeah. guys. John Cho, we'll get to him. It's so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's piloting the ship. It's his first day. Uh, it seems like everyone's kind of it's, well. It's Enterprise's maiden voyage, right? Like Enterprise was just finished construction, so mm-hmm. that's a big thing too. Where where Captain Pike's like. Sorry, our maiden voice is a little different than we expected, but uh, we'll just have to celebrate like when we get the job done, right? Yep. yep. So they're brand new ship, brand new crew, um, heading out to go save Vulcan. Right. So let's like kind of explain who who's on the bridge. How do we get our people where they need to be? Because Spock is the first officer here. You know, Uhura's mad at Spock initially because she should be on the Enterprise because she's so good. We'll find out later the reason why he didn't assign right. her. Right. He gets well, her switch to the Enterprise. You know. Yeah. I was going to say a big change uh, of this movie that you kind of have to go along with too, is that Spock and Uhura are in a relationship. Right. Right. It's a big departure from the OG series where they weren't, yes. there was no, you know, relationships between the crew. Um, but it's kind of uh, a red herring at first. Cause you see Kirk kind of like hitting on her and stuff. You think, mm-hmm. Oh, they're setting up a, a, a romance down the line, but no, she's just in a relationship with Spock now. Yeah, and of course, the famous joke. episode of the the kiss between Kirk and right, yeah. and her, yeah. yeah. But there's a running joke of Kirk trying to get her first name the whole movie, and then that kind of pays off nicely at a big emotional moment. Uh, yeah, is this Spock the first time was Nyota yes. ever used in the original so series? Nyota, it was used in um, novels and stuff that weren't considered canon, so like expanded lore novels and stuff, where it was first used and then first stated in like a movie or a TV series. Is this movie? Yeah. She is Nyota in Strange New Worlds, correct? Yes. Okay. But since you think about you know Strange New Worlds, obviously those care you know, that Spock and that Uhura are not in a relationship in that show. No. Yeah. No. They're nursing All these another relationship. Are so special to me. Yes. Um, speaking of Strange New Worlds too, there's a moment where uh, I love it, Mike. Yeah. There is a reference to a nurse chapel in this movie. Correct. Oh, is correct. there really? Yeah. Bones yeah. says it? Does he? Bones I says something it. like yeah, there's a nurse chapel. Show. Oh, nurse chapel. I'm gonna need to think. Jennifer it's just a Lawrence. voice off screen. Go back in but time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's fun. 
But I like how they get people in the position they need to be. Like, we have a communications officer. And, you know, Nyota's just like an ensign or whatever, a cadet. She's a cadet. But right. the person they have on the bridge doesn't know the difference between Romulan and Vulcan because he just they're sharing ancestors. So that's like, well, so shit, do you know it? Over. I do. Okay, yeah. so you need to be in this position. So there's right. a little shuffling happening. Like, John Cho wasn't supposed to be there. The other guy was sick or something. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Sulu's not even supposed to be piloting that day, Mike. Yeah. That's so great. Forgot to take off the parking brake. So there's a little right. bit of stuff, but it works for the story. Like, how do we get her? Oh, this guy doesn't know the difference between Romulan and Vulcan. That's a very Star Trek yes. detail, and I like it. Yep. And then with the, oh, this is my patient. Bones gets... Uh, you know, Kirk aboard. Yep. And that's yeah, kind of how we do it. Um, yeah, the way too. Kirk yeah. Uh, goes from stowaway to, you know, first officer, acting captain to acting, you know, first officer to stranded to acting captain to captain by the end of it is pretty wild but he goes from stowaway well academic expulsion to stowaway to first officer to yeah uh stranded back to acting right. captain by way Maroon. of you know technicality <laughs> and then all the way yeah. to your captain now it's a, quite a journey he goes tricks, this, movie. this is yeah he tricks spock into eliciting emotional response and therefore you know saying i'm too emotional to be captain and then he takes over as captain Having pretty, been first officer wild. for twelve hours, <laughs> pretty sad, yeah, but I and nobody questions it. it. But uh, uh, yeah, but I, jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah, let's. Uh, he sprints up there. Baby. He's he's recovering, and he wants to say it's a trap, and he's breaking all the bridge protocol. You know, nobody's happy to see him. Spock's like, "What are you doing here?" Pike's like, "What are you doing here?" You her is like, yeah. "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "I don't give a shit. You can't go there." You know, they're trying to get him to do protocol, and he will he's not. Trying to look out Love for it. the crew. Mm-hmm. So Bruce Greenwood Pike is considering this. Um, Eventually, Uhara corroborates do, his story. Yeah, yeah. But they're like about to warp. They're about to reach Vulcan, so they reach Vulcan, and, and you know they warp right into a battlefield. It's just chaos everywhere, like broken he ships. He says, "Red alert!" You know, before we get out of warp, yeah. red alert, get ready, right? And then, yeah, it's it's a nightmare. Everybody's getting destroyed, and the Narada is so cool. And I think it's too big. It like, is. If it's a mining ship. Did they? Uh, I don't know, but it, it, whatever. It's a movie. I, the, I, again, I said, I like how big it is going through the portal because it is crazy that it's like, damn, that portal is fucking huge. Especially when you see Spock's tiny little ship. But I yeah. do agree with you that it is too big. It makes the strike look reasonable. Yes. Yeah. But it's um, cool when it comes out of the black hole, it's just all these. Yes. That's the visual of that out. is yeah. so cool. And it, it looks like a space whale. It's awesome. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. It is kind of neat. So they're, they're getting destroyed basically though. Um, yeah. Of course, and, retreat. uh, oh, well, the drill, the drill, they have the drill, right? The mining piece, drill right. down into Vulcan. They're drilling a hole into the center of the planet. Now they do they the same thing. The- hey, we'll blow you up. Come over here in a shuttle. All right. And so Pike's like, right. okay. Yeah. Well, Kirk and Sulu take uh, some iconic looking colors for their flight suits, but they are joined by a man in red who does seem doomed. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's like, I'm so psyched to kick some Romulan ass, right? And Kirk's yeah. like, yeah, sure, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> my man. He reminds me of uh, Malcolm from Enterprise. He's like, I-, I just love shooting phasers and I want to <laughs> shoot everything. He's like so gung-ho. Yeah. And their security officer just really always like so hyped to blow shit up. Sometimes um, the way these guys talk about Enterprise, I'm into it. Other times I'm like, <laughs> never. Like, I not even like a chance. No, you'd be into yeah. it. 
Um, and there is, of I course, speaking of Enterprise, we'll get to it. There's a shout out to something from Enterprise. Yes, but classic. Sure right ship sure. called the Enterprise? <laughs> yes. Yes, you nailed it. Shout um, out to a lot of Star Trek stuff. <laughs> right. I do, I do like um, when Pike says, though, like, all right, we need people who can do hand to hand. And like Sulu says, yes. I'm a fencer. And then he's like, Kirk, you're coming to you. You're not even supposed to be here. Like, just you're putting yeah, your life yeah. on the line right now. Yes. Fuck off. Right. <laughs> and Kirk's like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm ready to jump out of this. I so, what they're doing badass. is they're doing this skydiving. Mm-hmm. mission where they're going to skydive down to this platform on the drill set some chargers blow up the drill because the drill is stopping their transporter yep classic uh, star functions. trek yeah yep. so they need to break it so they can the drill yeah so they do this sick kicking up interference uh, commander or captain <laughs> yeah the six skydive commander's galaxy right? quest <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. And again, the way they handle space and the action and the scale in this movie is really good. Like, I like when they go to warp and the camera does shake. I like the scale of seeing how small the Enterprise is compared to Narada and how yes. far they're traveling in this skydiving sequence to even yep. when they yep. go out the airlock, there's well, no sound. You know what it like, that feels stuff is like, cool, too. Mike, it feels a mm. lot like this thing called Mission Impossible. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Well, shit. Okay. Um, well, you mentioned the scale. Like I was going to say that too. Like one thing I love about this movie that it really gets right is the scale of these ships and stuff where you mm-hmm. see the enterprise, it's fucking huge. Like thousands of people work on it to like, keep it running. Yep. And like, you really, like, I really think this movie nails that sense of scale. Um, when yeah. you see it, you know, being worked on, uh, when you see it for the first time and stuff, it gets that ship porn aspect of right. Yep. That like people loved even in, I like the design, you know, the, the, like the motion picture. Do you like this design? Yes. Yes. I do like the design. It feels like a fresh kind of modern re- redo, but still kind of referencing the old stuff. Carrying as well. a lot of those design elements, you know, while yes. updating it. Yeah. When we saw the Kelvin prior in the opening scene, and it had the sort of up and down vertical um, engines, ion yeah. engines, or whatever you call those, is this that nacelles. how all? Oh, interesting. Is that how I all the called ships nacelles. were? until the enterprise is the enterprise the first sort of there's different classes they have different layouts for different classes right so enterprise is a constellation class there's like a million different ones right what is the lower decks they're california classes but what is the ship called mike do you remember oh no um the uss what it's like the van eyes or it is like (laughs) it is a place it's like sacramento or something right it's it's california i'm looking it up it is a Cerritos. Yeah, Cerritos. The yes, Cerritos Ceri- Auto Square. Yes, Auto, Auto yes Square. Cerrito Auto Square. USS yeah. Cerritos. We're locating our Cerritos. I like that class. The, the Kelvin is an Einstein class, class by the way. Okay. An Einstein class. That's huh. what I'm seeing here. So, Sure, um, Kelvin. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, science. But yeah, yeah they really you know, nail that sense of scale and the sense absolutely. of the size of, you know, how many people it takes to run one of these ships. Like, you only see the bridge crew normally, but like there's like yes. these huge engine rooms and stuff that are, it's just like all this machinery and stuff to keep it running. Like no joke is no. probably the best space action we've seen in any Star Trek media, including like Deep Space Nine Dominion War. Like this is really well yes. done. Can even yeah. it's all on a computer. Well, I, they I, also I'm, had a, I like it. You know, the budget of this movie, this was the highest budget Star Trek movie ever made at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even compared to Nemesis, I think Nemesis, the budget was like $60 million. The budget for this was $150 million. So they're really like putting everything into it. We're like, you know, we want a blockbuster. We want a fresh hit. So right. um, the I difference think, in budget kind of shows in the effects too. Right. Yeah. But I think tonally this is even 
it's still like it, it influenced all modern Trek too. the way they do space action. It all kind of looks like this now. Even the stuff in Strange New Worlds flying through the asteroids and stuff. It's like, damn, that's like that does feel like a flavor from this Abrams series. That's yeah. Maintained with. Their I think that's one thing. CG. Abrams is really good at like shooting action. And I think that mm-hmm. I, with Mission Impossible 3, I saw that. And then with this movie, like. I may not love him as a director all the time, but he really he really knows how to shoot an action scene. Oh, I think the um, train crash sequence is probably the only memorable sequence from Super 8. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, of course, yeah, we get this sick skydive. They land on the platform. Obviously, red shirt guy. Uh, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. Why? What uh, happens? Why? He had the charges, well, too. Why would a red shirt guy die? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. But I love that they um, give us the classic red shirt death, you know, from the I original series. It. But also the way it happens, he doesn't pull his chute, his chute goes under the beam, and he just gets sucked into the, like, it's so, like... Kirk's like, pull your chute. Like, he's, he's, like, like having yeah. a great time. He's like, nah, I can wait a little longer. Then he just gets pulled into this drilling beam and disintegrated. It's so brutal. Like, Not yep, how I want yeah. to go. That's a red shirt for you. You know, little this this fight is kind of whatever though. Like with the, you know, you got to do it. But the fight with the Romulans, you know, destroy the laser. We destroy the laser. I'm not. I don't love the fight, but I, do but like I love the when Sulu pulls out his sword and it's like a, a fold out sword. That Origami. Extends. Like that's. But then the Romulan cool. has a yeah. fold out axe, and I'm like, does everything have to fold? <laughs> Eric Bano's got a fold out spear. I'm like, come on, all right, one thing folds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> folding yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, the Oregon is born out here, you know? Yeah, the yeah. Style changes. The threaded cane is what Sulu's rocking. <laughs> the threaded um, cane. But they destroy the drill, however, not before it reaches the planet's core, right? And they, Eric Bana launches the red matter, uh, and thus the chain reaction, the singularity begins, and we're forced to witness the destruction of Vulcan. And there's time is ticking. How many people can we get out of there? Zachary Quinto's... Families down there. Spock knows his family's down there. Shit, we didn't do it. So now we get something panic. that frustrated me even in the theaters, which was like, "Just stand still, you morons! Just get transported away." I get so angry. I understand it's the narrative choice for Winona's writer character to be like, "Oh, I was almost taken, but just another <laughs> second. But it, it just it makes the you rock. feel so angry. Well, they, they have to run second. outside of that temple, right, so that it can yeah. be transported or something. Yeah, yeah. That guy gets crushed um, by a statue. But yeah, they're trying to save yeah. the, the Vulcan High Council, the Vulcan essentially. Vulcan elders. And, yeah. The elders and, and Spock's mom, unfortunately. His mom doesn't make it because um, a rock fell under her foot. Dang. Bummer. So Spock loses his mother. Uh, we do have a cool scene where che- uh, Chekhov saves Kirk and Sulu. Like, beaming. I, I can do that. I can do that. Like, I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, they're thing. falling. He has to beam them as they're falling. Yeah, uh, trying to get a lock. Yeah. They, they made that very exciting, you know. It's, again, it's something so, to do. what do you guys think about this repercussion-wise, as you two are my biggest Trekkie fans, of the fact mm-hmm. that, like, there is just so much of the lore and history is tied to the Vulcans are the first ever aliens you see. Then lore-wise, you find out they invented first contact. In Enterprise, mm-hmm. you see their weird relationships with Earthlings and humans. To now, you're seeing, like, well, in this timeline... We wipe the board clean. No Vulcans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're an endangered species. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's really crazy. It's a big change made for this movie. And even the the decision to destroy Romulus in the prime timeline is also has also had huge repercussions. You know, on the future of Trek with Picard and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they destroy the planet Vulcan on the in this timeline is is pretty nuts. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's wild. And then also now he's once you know Vulcans destroy the next part of the planet is to destroy Earth. So he's trying to. The reason he kidnaps Pike and keeps him around is he gives him a little uh, Rathacon worm. Yeah, he one hundred percent. So that's our second Rathacon right. reference. Yep. Um, that's right. Um, yeah. And and so Spock uh, is now captain because yes. Pike's gone. Spock is. So Spock you know, was first officer. He became acting captain. Uh, so, well, first officer, more like petty officer, because his first <laughs> command as a little bitch is. You know what, uh, Kirk? <laughs> F you. You're well, out. Him of and here. Kirk you're done. have different. Yeah. Yes. So Kirk wants to go after uh, near a ship, whereas Spock wants to rendezvous with the rest of Starfleet and regroup. And Kirk's like, "No, we gotta, we gotta stop him. He's going for Earth. Like, we don't have time for this." Spock's right. like, "I don't want to hear it. Fucking get this guy out of here. Go strand him on this random planet that's next to to Vulcan." Which, uh, yeah, this is. Yeah. The, this is where I have a little bit of issues with the plotting. Like, Slows there's a lot a of lot. coincidence happening here too. Um, but oh, like, sure. definitely a lot of like, we're going to mutiny you on a random planet that happens to be a planet that has happened to have Spock chilling there. Surprise! Wow. Right? And that I kind of thought you know, that too. I kind of thought that too, but it makes sense because I mean, the fact that they both were on the same part of the planet and they met like that is pretty. Pretty small wild. chances, but yeah, and then he gets saved. Nero from did a put creature, yeah, yeah, but Nero put Spock on that planet specifically so that he could watch Vulcan, right, right, destroyed, right, and have a good view of it. So, so I guess it makes really sense lucky. that planet is just next to Vulcan, the closest, the nearest. Spot. Yeah, and yeah. doesn't uh, Leonard Nimoy? Let's give him some love and credit. Yeah, right here. We, doesn't he have some line of like, ah, most peculiar that our fates are intertwining? You know, like sort of like setting up uh, like. Life is weird, or whatever you're like. Yeah, I think he maybe says that when we meet Scotty, but we'll talk about that. Too. Yeah, but this whole enough. movie, I mean, does rely a lot on coincidence or just things, just like characters running into each other. Like even yeah. Uhura, Kirk and Uhura meeting in this bar, you know, and then three years later, he's like with her roommate in her room and stuff. It's just like there's a lot of people in Starfleet. Like, how do these people keep running into each other? He um, wants yeah. to meet her. He looked maybe up Uhura. Yeah. Found her roommate, hit on yeah, her instead. Her. Classic yeah. play. The long yeah, con, got, yeah. got tricked by the idea that he must have sex look, as a sex addict. Look, she said, you know, maybe not interested three years ago, but he doesn't believe in no-win scenarios. So, you that's know. Right. That's right, Mike. The long con. That is right. But <laughs> my dating strategy, the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a no-win scenario. That's, that's yes. how I look at it. But Absolutely. Kirk, he'll change the condition of the test. Um, but this part so, I don't like as much. Yeah, this is where we start to drag no. a little bit. Um, but we so have to try it so that he he runs into Prime Spock. Prime Spock, and we get a big yeah. exposition Spock. here. Spock Prime, yeah, Prime mm-hmm. Spock. He sets Spock it all up. The whole Prime. point of this movie, mm-hmm. Spock to Miss Prime, in a Transformer movie that we covered. <laughs> that's right. Uh, he was uh, also Galadriel. He was a dude. That's right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Look, it's all connected. Come up later. Let's throw him some love and some credit because Jacob, you yes. were like, he's appeared on TNG and all this stuff. Yes. Guys, once again, listeners, if you haven't listened to our other ones of these, or maybe you're like binging them all or whatever, which is what I hope you're doing in order or whatever, um, or maybe you are following along and taking the gaps and you forget. Leonard Nimoy's relationship to this was writing a book called I Am Not Spock and wanting to be done. Writing right. another book that said, I am Spock, I am Spock. wanting to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wanting to star in a movie only if they will kill Spock. 
wanting to make another movie only if they'll let him direct it. Deciding in that movie, you know who should come back? Spock. He's a great character. I love Spock. <laughs> right. He yeah. is someone who then continued to direct them at a certain point. Jacob, you were like generations, all this other stuff. You, you brought up these other opportunities he's had where he's like, no, no, no. We did the thing where we signed the screen. That will be the end of it for Leonard Nimoy. Goodbye. goodbye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you remember with generations, they, of course, wanted to bring back Spock and Bones. Instead, they got Chekhov and Scotty, right? Yeah, yeah. A fair trade, a fair trade. But to <laughs> yes. get him now where you build sort of the entire concept of the film around, hey, you know who the face of Star Trek is, who we should have in our Star Trek movie? That hobgoblin named Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not this William Again, Shatner guy. It's not the lead. It's that quote I gave when we were doing our first episode where I said to my dad, who was your favorite character when you watched it as a kid? And he said, I felt the most connection to Kirk, but everyone who watched that thing knew the best character was named Dr. Spock and that Mm -hmm. he was the, the breakout character that he stood out more than anything. So to see him in this thing, I love it guys. I love the idea of this movie, the concept of this movie and to have him literally say things like, this is weird. That's not the Star Trek I remember, but Star Trek's great. Have a good adventure. I like, True. goodbye. It's True. Like, wow. Also, to that go back great. to the very beginning of Star Trek, the original pilot of the OG series, he's the only character that they bring back. So this is when they had Captain Pike. And it's interesting now watching Strange New Worlds, of course, because it's kind of recontextualizing that. But mm-hmm. the original pilot of Star Trek was featuring a Captain Pike uh, it had Una, the first officer, played by Majel Barrett, who was uh, Ron Barry's wife, mm-hmm. who also played Nurse Chapel. But yes. uh, and Spock was the, I think, second officer at that time. And they're like, okay, recast the captain. We don't like this guy or whatever. Keep that guy, the pointy ear hey, guy. We like him. <laughs> none of this worked. Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> yeah, we like who the space elf guy. guy. Yeah, he is. Legolas in space is <laughs> incredible. We are mm-hmm. keeping that. Yeah, does this thing with his eyebrow. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that is cool. Uh, fascinating. I did love seeing this, especially after rewatching those movies. When he says, "How do you know me?" He's like, "I have and always will be your friend." I'm like, "Damn!" Rick, third third Mike. reference. But it makes you remember, like, this is that Spock. This reminds me of those movies and those relationships. And it's just like great to see him. And it's it's a good way for him to be like, "You mean you're not the captain of the Enterprise?" No, you are. You hate me. Like, I like this whole conversation here. Like, that's cool. When he says the thing about, but you, your relationship with your father, like, he's like hurt by it. You're like, oh no, this is like so scary and wrong. I hate this. Yes. Yeah. 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 Your father meant everything. about his dad, right? Is my dad Mm -hmm. alive in the other timeline? And he says, yeah, he lived to see you become captain of the Enterprise. Um, So that's great. He said he was your constant source of inspiration. Oh. Yep. I don't think uh, Shatner Kirk ever mentioned his dad in any of those movies, but that's okay. I mean, they talk about his son. Yeah, I was going to say, he never mentioned his son or ex-wife either, <laughs> so I'm not too worried about what he yeah. talks about, Jacob. Uh, but yeah, this I, I love Leonard Nimoy being in this. It kind of ties it all together, and it gives it sort of a legitimacy, this movie, of yes, yes this is a Star Trek m- movie. We have yes. Leonard Nimoy connecting it all together. Yep. Um, funny fact about you know Shatner. Obviously, they did kind of want him to. So they reached out to Shatner, and, and you know, in the end, when um, Nimoy does the uh, these are 
space, yeah, yeah. the final frontier, the voyages, that whole speech, yeah. they wanted to have Shatner kind of, they would kind of do alternating lines or something. Um, and Shatner was like, no, I want like a, I want like the same amount of role that Nimoy has, or I'm not. Thank God it. he said no, because that would have been a stupid <laughs> yeah. thing but to throw in for no reason. Right. Dead by this point. That's what they say. Well, you died in generations. And th- so I was reading, you know, making my quiz earlier. We'll get to it, Normies. Don't oh, yeah. worry. Oh, um, boy. But Shatner, so they're like, yeah, you died in generations. We can't bring you back. And he's like, well, you know, I wrote this series of novels where I resurrected Kirk. Uh, <laughs> maybe you could make those canon and bring me back. And they're like, mm, we no, were just kind sorry, of letting you have work. busy work. You were letting you play in the corner, you know? You yeah. chose to star in the movie where you die. You said it was acceptable to do that. You need yeah. to be done. Mm-hmm. I just love the fact that he... William Shatner wrote novels where he resurrected Captain Kirk. Uh, amazing. It would amazing. 100% be in my will to shoot me at the Genesis planet. I don't care. <laughs> I'm shameless about it. Bring me back to life immediately. Right. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, but um, it but is great. The Nemo cameo works. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. explains, okay, yeah, I tried to save. We get the whole backstory. I tried to save Romulus. I didn't get there in time. I had the super advanced ship, Red Matter. That was our what thing. Do you, what do you think of the ship, Mike? It's fucking cool. It's like whipping around like a gyro. I, I like the design of it a lot. It's neat, you know? It's like a personal spacecraft. It's like a one-person yeah. ship. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, this is like post-TNG tech, so it's a little more high-tech than what we have Yeah, yeah. Know, the Enterprise. Yeah, we'll just send him out on this thing, you know, save the thing. He doesn't, so when Nero captures him, now he has the red matter, and he strands Spock there to watch his planet blow up, and that's that's kind of what happened to him. So they're like, all right, Starfleet Outpost, let's get Let's go there and see if we can talk to Starfleet. I don't know. Fuck it. You know, so that's who could be manning this outpost. Yeah, this man. When I first watched the movie, I totally had forgotten about a one Montgomery Scott. And then when this scene happens, I'm like, OK, oh, like, yeah, it's a lot. So another cast. Simon member. Pegg. Yep, that's right. Mission Impossible. Simon Pegg. Mission. That's right. He came on for Mission Impossible. Benji. Became friends with J.J. Abrams. And then J.J. was like, hey, do you want to be in my Star Trek movie? And he's like, well, uh, what do you think? I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. a quick story about that, Jacob. Yeah. Here's how it actually goes is he makes Mission Impossible 3 and he goes, I'm going to reach out to my best British friend to star in this. Got a perfect part for you. It's called Benji. Ricky Gervais, how you doing, my man? Right. Ricky Gervais says, no, I don't want to be in that movie. J.J. Abrams like, you got it. Okay. Goes on to make Star Trek and it's like, Ricky, I got the perfect part for you again. It's it's Montgomery Scott. You get to play Scotty. Don't do it with the Scottish accent. Just be grumpy. What do you think? And Ricky Gervais says no. And he gets wow. Simon well, Pegg again. Yeah. I'm glad he did because Simon Pegg is better than Ricky Gervais. And he goes really? on to help write Star Trek Beyond. He- writes one of the movies yeah. mike like that other timeline makes mm-hmm. no sense to have ricky gervais no 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 role. we probably had a different outcome in 2016 election with that but you know <laughs> at least we have simon Pegg in, in the star trek movies i'll this take this timeline. universe mike <laughs> and he is doing a scottish yeah. accent even though you know his native accent is british not scottish mm-hmm. um he's in scottish yeah. face you're right We're yeah, yeah. Out. dyed his hair love him He's got a little uh, little buddy with him for some reason. Yeah, Not really like place, a bean. But... <laughs> it was in this era where he was starring in Spaced, a BBC show that I fucking mm-hmm. absolutely love. Yes. He made fucking Shaun of the Dead, and then he puts this big quote out when they're doing a press tour. They're like, would you ever do like a big movie? Would you ever be in Mission Impossible? And he goes, oh, yeah, the next Mission Impossible star me, Simon Pegg, me and Tom Cruise. 
He then, of course, right. <laughs> gets the offer to star in Mission Impossible. And then, like we said, um, go on to do this. But this is his movie career. This is like Simon Pegg starting, basically. Yes. Damn, and, of yeah. course, yeah, he was in Space, uh, you know, made by Edgar Wright, of course. He has a longtime partnership with him doing Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Cornello Trilogy, End. yep. That's right. The best. Um, but fun fact, so if you've seen Spaced, um, there is an episode where his character talks about Star Trek. And you remember what he says, Colin? He um, makes a reference to the even – you know how for a long time there's this belief that the even mm. number tracks are good and the odd ones are bad. Yeah, right? we brought it up on this podcast, of course. And now, Correct. of course, this – so Nemesis was – 10 so that would make this 11 so this is an odd number so his character literally talks about that star trek curse in an episode of space and now he's in the 11 star trek wow Uh, i don't i remember when he bullies a kid for liking phantom menace in that show that's that really holds up i'm sure (laughs) that was a good show um classic british comedy uh gotta love it yeah but yeah we get our scotty yeah so it's it's perfect for him you know Um, yeah we get our Enterprise reference here. Why is he on this stupid Antarctica outpost? Well, he tried to I don't know. prove that he could beam crazy stuff, and he accidentally beamed as a test. Admiral Archer's prize beagle. That's and right. It just never reappeared. So Scott but when Bakula's it does, dog. Admiral Archer's <laughs> prize beagle. Yeah, Scott from, Bakula. Oh, Enterprise. it's that's the reference. Porthos, to Scott the Bakula's dog. dog. To Enterprise. He yeah, lost so it. In Enterprise, he has I hate a, that. He has a beagle <laughs> named Porthos, who's who's great. I don't uh-huh. appreciate a dog in space. That. They have a pet no. in that one. How is that not great? I like Spot. I don't need Porthos. Porthos? <laughs> okay. Porthos. And he's Admiral Archer, and he would obviously be like an old man by this point because Enterprise. How old is that dog? <laughs> uh, they my my dog dog. clone of Porthos. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. put him in this transporter. No. Right. If you think about it, Scotty kind of helped him live forever, you know? By the way, I just realized. Simon Pegg is in The Boys, right? He plays yeah. Jack Quaid's dad. Carl yes. Urban is in, is the, in boys. the Boys. Of course. Yeah. They worked together before. I didn't even realize that. But do Scotty and Bones ever really cross over on these movies? I don't think I'm sure so, they do right? in some of the sequels. They got to have some. Well, it'll so. be fun to see yeah. that. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll track months. the number of conversations <laughs> they've had. Yeah. yeah. Like Legolas yeah. and Frodo. Yeah, yeah, serious. Literally, the yeah. only thing he says to Frodo, "You have my bow." That's the only thing bow. he says to him. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, it was great. I got a couple friends like that where it's like, yeah, you've always been there. We've always. But been he's in these also like situations. I'm like a thousand years old. You're a baby. Like, yeah, I'll help I you. Can't talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> a little thing. Anyway, yeah. Uh, can't so lay it we, out. Spock ends up. You know, we need to get to the Enterprise. That's the agency here. Ticking clock. Sorry, real quick. Earth. Carl mm-hmm. Urban also in Lord of the Rings. Go ahead. Oh my right. god! Yes. Sorry, it's just it's everything. <laughs> Absolutely great. Um, so Spock is saying, in the future, you've discovered the theory for transwarp uh, teleportation, transport. So he puts in the algorithm yeah. that Montgomery Scott would figure out. You know, a little throwaway line. It's I would have never considered a, space moving. You know, it's kind of a time paradox because he tells yeah. him the formula, so he can't create it. Himself. He's got to be able to invent it himself for it to exist, or it's like a chicken and the egg thing. Like, well, who now actually it's invented but it's you know. We're creating a parallel dimension. But anyway, yeah. Right. A little weird. Well, it's it's the same thing as like him telling Kirk, you know, Spock saying, you can't tell other Spock that I exist. It, it's a fucking right. big deal. But that's but all But then he just lie. does anyway. He meets yeah, him yeah, yeah. at the end. So yeah. It, yeah, it's like, that I'll doesn't work in this later. universe that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But we warp into the Enterprise while it's going warp speed towards um, 
Earth or to rendezvous because Kirk wants him yeah, to turn around and go after the Narada. Yes. Previously yes. thought impossible, made possible. Which changes a lot uh, going forward for this universe. But they do it. Little action, the comedy scene. Montgomery ends up inside the you know, water pipe. tubes and yeah. you got to get him out. I love out. it. I love Again, this yeah, every, you got to have action every couple minutes. I like the engineering set. Board. Exactly. What do, you guys, yeah. what do you guys think about Creamer? Is that his name? Creeper? A little guy? I like the <laughs> yeah. little guy. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know where he comes from. I think his name's Creamer. What his deal is. Okay, his I don't like that. Yeah. He's just a little dude. <laughs> he eat a bean and he chills out. Yeah, I like him. He's fine. He's like right. Silent Groot. Um, so yeah, Scotty just happened to be on this in this Starfleet outpost on this planet. Like you said, a lot of coincidences happening. Um, but that's okay. And we had an action uh, scene that I didn't talk about where he gets chased by a monster that then gets eaten by a bigger monster. Uh, it's a whole yeah, thing. Classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. mandatory for a trailer this summer. Seems like that's a fucking perfect way to put that. This this movie has a lot of scenes that are good for trailers. It's strange. New right. life. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. We gotta we get, go! Yeah, right? <laughs> Holy shit. This character's like saying stuff like that. Well, it's like, like the opening right? of some of the other ones, too. It's like very... Oh, 100%. 100%. But uh, we get back to the Enterprise. We save Scott. How did you guys get on here? What the fuck? You know, and then there's a big argument. Um, well, you know, so... And Sp- yeah, Spock does mention... Spock... You're going to need to become yeah. captain. He says, you're going to have to get that to happen. You're basically yeah. going to have to trick younger me into getting emotional. Uh, and thereby, if he gets emotional, then he'll have to resign as captain, of course, because captains can't be emotional except for Kirk when he's captain. Um, co- yeah. <laughs> Spock is just doing this because he thinks this will correct the time period. He doesn't realize that, like, of course, all the dominoes have fallen. There's like no going back yeah. at this point. <laughs> I like yeah. his explanation later on. You know, we'll get to it. But um, yeah, yeah. You know, he is he risking to a lot friends. here. Yeah. yeah. But um, so I just, this scene is pretty funny because basically Kirk has to trick Spock emotionally into getting in a fight. And then mm-hmm. immediately he's like, oh, well, I guess I have to resign. And then like, yeah. wait, who's, who's the acting first officer? Oh, Kirk. Okay, I guess you're captain now. Even though you, and I that just gets corroborated by Sulu, who was there though. Like at least it's not him saying I was first officer. Sulu's like, yeah, Pike. Pike made him first officer. Like technically, we're <laughs> legally. Uh, we yeah, no one else boy. that could have been the captain. Like he assumed again. Pike on. took a big Iconic risk. Chair said, yeah. Because when Pike knew they were going on the away mission, he's like, "You're first officer." Like, and he he believes in. Kirk's potential, so he's really putting it all on Kirk in that moment. Yeah, in the future. Yeah, he he really saying, "Hey, man, I think you can do this." So good on Pike to see that. But yeah, it seems like to everyone else on the ship, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he telling us what to do? Basically, so through through some shenanigans, Kirk gets made acting captain. He basically uh, says, your mom died and you don't even care. You probably don't fucking care about her. And like, right? Which you remember in the beginning. The one thing that elicited an emotional response was those kids mentioning his mom. So his human mother yeah. is kind of his weak point in terms of making him emotional. Mm-hmm. And he responds uh, the same way. He punches Kirk in the face several several times, just like he did to his bull. Yeah. You know? and of course, he did circle. just lose his home planet and his mother. And I like this because he's, of course, Vulcan. So it makes sense that he's concealing his, his emotions or pushing them down. But like Spock does, when because he's half-human... When his human side comes out, it's like stronger and he's just, you know, lets all the rage out at once. Right. 
Yeah, and he's completed the colonar to even be able to go to the science academy. So oh, theoretically, wow. he's done the um, suppression of yeah. emotions thing. But and they do mention, yeah, like the the history of the Vulcans is that, and this is mentioned in the OG movies as well, that the Vulcans used to be a very savage, emotional race. They were even like more savage than early humans, mm-hmm. uh, but they decided to suppress all emotion and just use logic only. And that's why they, w- they became the way they are. Right. Mm-hmm. But they, like they say, they even have stronger emotions than the humans. They just better at pushing them down. Push it down. Yeah. Push it deep. Keep pushing yep. it down. That's, what, you that's what's healthy. Until you become a powder right? keg, being a man yeah. 101. Just push it down until you explode in an in, in, inappropriate place. Right. Um, really, every Vulcan just needs to go to therapy. Basically. Really? That would like, be logical. Vulcans would benefit by going to therapy and talking about their emotions. That's true. Uh, so don't don't <laughs> don't don't do the culinary people. I, I advise against it. But uh, now we have Kirk in the chair, and he says, "Okay, I know we're going to go home. We're going after the Narada. Fuck it, we're going to go stop them. That's the plan." Um, and then that's where we kind of get our finale. I I have mixed feelings about it because it's just like shoot a couple phasers in a hallway, jump on a platform. Like it's not a very great finale. It's pretty low key. Yeah. Right. Again, I think Nero is kind of a weak villain. Um, But he's not not that interesting to me. I know Chang has that dinner scene. But Chang has an eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not even saying motivation wise, Mike, that he would need to change. I just agree with Jacob in the weakness of there's a way that he could have been portrayed. I don't even think it needs to be that he's like great at like combat or like torture or anything, but like. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's lacking, and I, I can't come up with Even it. Even some kind of complexity to his character other than yeah. he's just out for revenge and doesn't care about anything else. Yeah, and he could, like, kill Kirk, and then he hears that Spock's around, so then he's like, fuck it, second officer do it. Like, he'll, like, yes. disengage from a primary target. He makes, like, dumb decisions, like, for the script's sake, you know, too. So I didn't yeah. re-watch it, but I believe there is a deleted scene where you see him getting tortured by a Klingon. And oh, like shit. sort of like setting up a little more Nero stuff. Well, they went to the Klingon prison planet. I wondered what the fuck they were doing there. So yeah, right, Rurapente or whatever. Yeah, nice, good call. Rurapente. <laughs> wow, um, that's where you guys are crushing at this episode. <laughs> Another snowy place. Out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So um, basically, oh, is that where we met David uh, Bowie's wife? Yeah, that's where we're yeah, guys, her. I'm so happy we did. We watched all of these. This is the best. This movie's the fucking best. <laughs> yeah, Eric Bannon notwithstanding. So it's like, it's yeah, kind of a simple to... thing. We rescue Pike in this and that. And, you know. Yeah. So there's a big know. action finale. Kirk fights a Romulan for a while and then kills him. And then. I got your gun. Yeah. You know, sure. Yeah. That's fine. Spock's got to pilot this uh, shuttle, his his shuttle, right? I have a feeling I already have. Yeah, they try to steal back Spock's ship, you know, get the red yeah, matter yeah. out of there. Um, and Kirk has a moment where he lands on the edge of a cliff and has to pull himself up like he did when he was a kid. So oh, Spock yeah. I never punches someone together. for making fun of his mom twice, and then Kirk has to pull himself up from a ledge twice. Um, that's good, know. Mike. Yeah, I catch these <laughs> There's some stuff here. This is good. Um, <laughs> so is they stop Yeah, they, they stop him. They end up... They end up accidentally, Nero ends up sort of self-detonating the red matter because he's pissed off yeah. or whatever. And he creates yeah. a black hole that's inevitably going to consume them. But while that's yeah. happening, we're on the bridge. Kirk is captain still. Spock's just cool with it, I guess. And Kirk's like, hey, we're going to offer assistance, you know, humanitarian aid. You know, we're Starfleet. And then, right. you know, I like this. I thought you'd like that. And Spock's like, not not this time. <laughs> not this but time. Like, yeah. 
They say no. And then Nero's Kirk like, says, hell no. I'd, <laughs> I'd rather, rather die. Die a painful. It was a really bad speech, too. It wasn't even good. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'd rather just like, die a painful death. All right. I was hoping you'd say that or whatever. Well, I don't like that Kirk then the says time. fire everything. Like the black hole's already going to destroy them. Just get this out is, of there. Yeah, this is very Star Wars over Shoot Star Trek. Shoot every gun was at them Was this now. around the time when funny people came out? Was Eric Bana kind of having a moment again? Let's see. Was that like well, 2009 ish, Mike? He Ang was Lee in the Incredible Hulk Ang Funny Lee, right? That was like 2005. Was it really? So he was in two movies this year. And just mm-hmm. kind of playing parts where I remember people being like, Eric Bana's back. And then both of them, I remember being like, Eric Bana's not back. <laughs> but also getting replaced by Edward Norton as the Hulk. Yeah. Right. And then but that's Edward not Norton even right. 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 I mean, I guess it is. But yeah. But I mean, they all get replaced, it turns out. Right. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. So they, they get pulled in the singularity. Narada's destroyed, you know. Bad Rhymeland's gone. All the red matter presumably blew up, so there's no more red matter in this right. timeline. Um, sure. And mission yeah. accomplished. You know, we done did it. There's some flying and shooting going on, you know, Sulu and this, but pretty much we Yeah, did it. and we have our bridge Save crew. Pike. They go back to Earth, and they're like, all right, Kirk, we're making you captain. You're going from cadet to captain immediately because of the, the events of this film. That's mm-hmm. how it goes. <laughs> and then it Man. ends, right? Yep, and then it ends. Um and you're on that bridge and you've been the Yao Men Mike for like five years and you're like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> fucking, you know how hard nepotism? it was to even get this on fucking... the flagship? Yeah, you know, I heard George Kirk was a captain. <laughs> oh, man. Like yeah, Nepo his, babies. His, and I we can see, hear the whispers. Uh, his dad died in line of duty. It's fucking bullshit. Dude. Like, right. Oh, yeah, Pike got a medal. With his dad or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we do see Pike <laughs> at the end here in a wheelchair, which is a reference to him ending up in that Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't, I didn't put that together. I don't like that. Of course. Yep. It's not like he's like, beep, 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 beep. Nope. Well, we have a different timeline. So it's not quite the same, right, but yeah. similar, right? And that's reference. not going to happen in this timeline because nope. it, it does not end out well no. for Pike. Let me tell no, you yeah, guys. He shows up in the next film, but yeah. mm-hmm. who knows? We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. He'll uh, probably be fine. No one can mm. predict what's going to happen. I'm sure nothing will bad. Well, yeah. yeah. We don't have to hide um, in stakes in any ways in a, a big blockbuster sequel. Yeah, no, go mm-hmm. ahead. <laughs> but I think overall, but, yeah. with Star Trek 2009, yeah. this film. Um, I, I, I like it as a movie. It's not my favorite, like, kind of Star Trek. Like, I don't, like, I like it as its own thing, but I still prefer, like, classic Trek to me. Um, again, it's, it's very over the top, extreme you know, loud noises, action happening all the time, very mm-hmm. kinetic energy to it yes. as a movie, um, which I think works for it, but it's not what I want want all of Star Trek to be no. like. Yeah. Um, but it does kind of set the template for, for this franchise going forward, this cast. Um, I think there's some really good things about it. Like I said, this, the sense of scale with the ships, with Starfleet and everything. Uh, yeah. I don't know what yeah. else to say. I think uh, I'll, I'll, mixed feelings, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it overall. I'll probably have a couple final, final thoughts after we do the wrath of mm. Cobb quiz coming up soon here mm-hmm. in a minute. But uh, I, I like it. I hate the bridge. I really hate the bridge. I hate the lens yeah. flares. I really do not like it at all. And as you mentioned with the scale being good for the ships, the close-ups are so fucking close. Like if you yeah. did all this stuff for the bridge, just pull out a little bit. Like it's, it's so tight. And I'm like, the scale would look great on a big screen, but it would be way too close in a movie theater. So I don't get some of the framing on the bridge. It's a little too claustrophobic. 
sure um, for me yeah but. and the all white the shininess of of it all like it's just all very bright i do like the uniform design where it's a I throwback like, to yeah. the uh when william shatner would just wear a yellow v-neck shirt mm-hmm. to denote him as the captain um so i like that they go back to those classic colors and we get kind of a similar reimagining of this era with strange new worlds and i do like the bridge in strange new worlds a lot more than like oh this bridge, yeah right that's one of my yeah. favorite bridges i think besides enterprise d yeah um, but colin what are your kind of general thoughts before we quiz it up uh you know i really do agree with jacob i i like this movie but i kind of really like it more as a concept i've said on this podcast in the past i think the idea for this screenplay bar none one of the best ideas for a blockbuster anyone's ever had they had a true life kobayashi maru an unwinnable situation where it's like fuck we have to reboot the series that mm-hmm. started fandoms. I love that they're take. <laughs> probably not going to react very well to it. You know, they're probably going mm-hmm. to get mad. Mathematically, what can we do here? Shit. All that stuff that happened, we swear to God it's still important. It exists. You love it. We do too. Here is this other thing. Is this okay? And basically yeah. waiting for them to be like, mm, it is okay. We do like it. And them going, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually, do like how it's not just a straight reboot. It's it's no. a soft reboot in a different timeline. The, the other genius. timeline still exists. It's okay. You, you can like both. It's, it's the final genius. chapter of Spock Prime's tale. You know, yeah. I think that's cool. Like the end of his story is the beginning of this universe great and it right. makes, gives you the memories of those old <laughs> films i like it it would be like if multiverse of madness was the ending for the patrick stewart charles xavier we knew and not yeah. like a weird multiverse other one you know what i right. mean like like yeah, there sure is we'll some one beauty and honor to it i i fucking guarantee yeah, we honestly will, there, there's a beauty and honor in it i think yes. yeah the, the, i felt like damn it's respectful what you did with spock you know and, and when he mentions i needed you and Kirk to become friends because it was so important. He was my best friend. And if you guys never had a chance to become friends, that would have been terrible. And, yeah. you know, yeah. and then you think of the movies and it's like, I'm thinking of the end of Wrath of Khan. I'm like, Jesus, it's, it's, yeah, it's great. It's great. You know, if yeah, I, like I went it, through a wormhole and like Joe's dad was dead and I was talking to young versions of us and I was mm-hmm. like, well, shit, I still got to make us fucking friends. And like, that was the thing that was like yeah. most important to me. Like you kind of be like, well, there's some other stuff you got to fix my man. I don't but know. You have to have the same friend group. That's like important. Yes, I'd be like, you got to call these guys. It's just like, yeah. look, man, there's a guy named Montgomery Scott. All right. There's a guy <laughs> named Mike Romans. Out. Yeah. Right. You got to meet him. But I like, him. uh, you know, this show makes, I mean, this movie, it makes some pretty big changes to the establish what we know about these characters, right? Spock and Uhura are dating now. Spock's Spock the captain for a large Kirk portion. Don't start as friends. Yeah. So it's interesting that they set up these characters that are established characters, but in new ways. And it does mm-hmm. really work for me. Um, so I would as agree. Like, to just doing the beat by beat yes. reboot, right? It's a smart yeah. way to do it if you're going to do it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... And shout out to prime canon yeah, respect. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to these two guys who had one good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Orsi and Kurtzman. And Kurtzman, I guess they liked him so much. They're like, Hey, do you want to 
run Star Trek forever and just be involved with every creative decision going forward. And he's like, yeah, I guess I, I guess I do. And, and then for that's the how next we one, got they're discovery. literally like, let's just get the lost guy. And they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You got it. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's know. Star Trek 2009. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm ready for the, uh, the Vulcan Academy's I'm official stoked. Star Trek 2009 quiz. I'm, I'm hope I, I'm I stoked. I can't believe enough. Jacob's putting you and I in the Kobayashi Maru, Mike. We're about oh, to freeze it right that's now. That's right. Kobe, I'm going to no, go grab an Kobayashi Maru. Maru. <laughs> yep. The <laughs> we'll Kobayashi I test you. <laughs> wow. The Kobayashi Maru. It's no longer oh. the Wrath of Cobb. No. Maybe next movie. Next month. Yeah. Maybe next movie. <laughs> a special one-off. <laughs> the one time the universe has been reset is now. If you're going to reset Star it, Trek. reset it now. Kabayashi. Yeah. Cobb into darkness. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, into Cobbness. All right, into let's Cobbness. do it. I'm grabbing an apple. It's quiz time. back here on normies like us where we have been talking away on the one the only star trek that's right just star trek 2009 here on normies like us with your host uh we're about to do what we always do when we talk a little track wow it's that's the kabayashi right. maru oh there kabayashi we go maru. got the lens players going we're ready lens player. um i don't believe in no lens scenarios so uh <laughs> listeners at home <laughs> You know how this goes. True or false, right? Uh, There'll be a classic. One or two to designate one being true, two being false. Me and Colin will reveal that. Otherwise, I'll have to just take our word for it. That's right. Uh, That's right. But, you know, nobody, first of all, nobody passes the Kobayashi Maru. And nobody goes back for seconds, let alone thirds. But I'm here for as long as it's going to take. That's right. It's meant to instill fear. It's a true admiral, uh, Jacob, that no one's ever even gotten a point in the Kabayashi <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, to the tutorial, but I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> you got your apples? All right. And remember, th- just real quick, thinking about seeing it in Wrath of Khan, it's like, it's like some of your supervisors lay down and pretend to be dead, and you're like, okay, okay, like, okay, like, we got to go over here. We got to do this thing. Like, it's, yeah. it's not that stressful. Yeah, no. How you know it's a simulation? Like, come on, yeah. right? Like, how scared are you really going to be in a simulation? Yeah. Well, well. I don't know. Um, all right, let's well, let's jump in. Uh, I'm nervous. First question: um, Zachary Quinto couldn't do the Vulcan salute when he was cast as Spock. Is that true or false? Hmm. I'm ready. Well, he does have do two hands. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, what do we think? I'm ready. ready? I'm locked in. Three, two, one, reveal. I'm saying False. True. That is true. He oh. had to glue his fingers together to train his hand to be able to do okay. that. Okay. Why? Because wow. <laughs> some people can't naturally do this. They can't do what? They can't spread their fingers? They can't do this. They can't make the Vulcan salute. We're we're doing the Vulcan salute, listeners. All we you, can all do what it. do you mean? You can just if you can move your fingers, you can. Not do everyone it. can do this. Like not everybody can independently control. I think the middle ones is easy. Yeah. yeah. What? For some reason they have a hard time. Okay, I spreading, guess spreading them. Yeah. Um, but all right. 
But there you go. You have to glue his fingers together. All right. (laughs) All right. Next question. Hold on. Can you guys do that tongue thing? What? (laughs) The curl. Tongue thing. The curl tongue I can't do that. No, no. You guys can't do that? No, I'm not going to try. Jacob trucking double jointed. I don't want that screenshot out there. Stuck his tongue out. (laughs) Some people are double jointed. Some people can do weird things with their tongue. Can't move your middle fingers. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm worried about our society. Tell it to Zachary Quinto. I, uh, if I ever meet yeah. him, I will. Say, like, what is wrong with you? Finger glue. Lost a point, thank you. Should finger have stolen glue boy. the superpower that allows him to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Peacock, next question. I see into your mind that you can spread your fingers. Your fingers. <laughs> That's oh my god, it's ability. Tyler. His hunger. <laughs> your vigilance no is just for that. <laughs> what a bummer. <laughs> You All see, right. I was just cast as Spock. In I heard you can do the tongue thing. <laughs> oh, God, he's got all the abilities. If he gets one more. Yeah. Oh, man. It, if he can snap his fingers like Ollie G, we're done yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. That'll be the death of us. <laughs> do all the weird things with his body. Uh-huh. That's right. All right. Um, next question. Next, next question. <laughs> the USS Kelvin was named after J.J. Abrams' grandfather. True or False. Kelvin Abrams, or I'm guessing Kelvin's the last name. Uh, could be Kelvin Abrams. Yon is could be, okay, yeah, I'm his ready. last name could be Kelvin. I'm not I'm not exactly. It'd sure. be JJ Kelvin. Yeah, mm. okay. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> JJ is the family name part. That's uh, Dr. Leah Abrams. Um, I'm ready. I am locked in. Yeah. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. Reveal. True. I'm saying false. We're split again. That is true. Whoa! Tie game. That is true. I know my Abrams, Mike. <laughs> Damn. Old Kelvin Abrams. Old yeah. Kelvin. <laughs> Kelvin himself. So imagine that. You know, he named it the USS Kelvin, and now that's what that whole timeline is called, the Kelvin timeline. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Because that was okay. the big change that happened. Mm-hmm. I never realized that. All right, that is a fun fact. Okay. All right, well, we're all tied up. Just one like to one? Close. One to one. All right, next question. One to Matt one. Matt Damon. Matt Damon was the first choice to play Kirk. True or false? Matt Damon. Okay. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. All right. Lock them in. Yeah. Three, two, one. Reveal. Gotta be true. True for both of us. Wow. That is false. I oh. got you both. Dang. Uh, so Pike? apparently what did happen though is uh, Matt Damon called J.J. Abrams and was like, hey, I hear like, you're looking for like a new Captain Kirk for your Star Trek movie. What about me? And J.J. Abrams was like, uh, he, he told him very politely, no, because you're too old for the role. Oh, he's the younger mm. Kirk. So Matt Damon, you're too old in 2009 to play Kirk. Sorry. Oh. Would have been Mars. a good Kirk. Yeah. Would so. have done the weird impression. Mm. Would have been more would not Shatner, have been a like, movie star. And yes, would have to... done the stilted style law. <laughs> right. They could have had him be George. But I think I was I was reading about oh instead Chris of Chris Pine. Hemsworth, mm. that would be interesting. Uh, Chris Pine, he he looked at some old you know he watched some old episodes, but he really wanted to keep his performance separate from Kirk, so he wasn't just doing a straight up Kirk, and. Uh, you know, was doing his own thing. So I think that was a better, better route to go. I down. prefer it. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. All right three one, questions one. down. Oh, and I sent you guys that SNL video. He does host at one point and prove yes. that he can do he the one to one impression. Yeah. Yes. Impression. Yes. It's very funny. 
I was working on my lens flare rig. I forgot to watch it before we started. I'll check it out. But let's... Uh, That's right. Four? All right. Three four. questions down. Three questions to go, plus a bonus question. So okay. there you go. Extra credit. There we are. Yep. Um, all right. Question number four. We're tied right now, I believe. Yep. One to one. Tied. One to one. So this was very. this is very specific, but... The engine room of the USS Enterprise was filmed in a Budweiser factory in Van Nuys, California. Oh, that is. I Colin, love you that probably know Thank you. where that I, uh, Budweiser I know that is. Van Nuyser factory, absolutely. I've, I've yeah. asked if we could tour it on my birthday. Nobody ever <laughs> takes uh, any bites. But there is a lot of liquid in that scene is the only thing leading me right now. But yeah, I'm, I'm locked pipes. in. I'm locked yeah. in, yeah. Yeah. All right, ready? Three, two, one, reveal. I'm going to go true. 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 That is true. Love it. Nice. So there you go. I was like, fan nice California. I've driven Weird. past that Budweiser factory many I, times. You get like right on literally one the 170 right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought you could have been tricking us like, oh, no, it's oh, another one. Because I knew it was a big brewery. Like I knew that right. anecdotes, but I could have yeah. gotten tricked. Okay. Apparently the USS Kelvin, the engine room was shot in an old power plant in Long Beach. So there hmm. you go. Well, fun right. fact for you. Shout out to Weird. Um, and also the uh, I wanted to mention when they're on mm-hmm. Vulcan and there's that outcropping of rocks, there's a very famous kind of silhouette yes. of rocks that was shot in California. And that mm-hmm. was used a lot in the old show. They shoot episodes. Oh, in that desert. that's where arena uh, happens. Yeah. It's like a place Valley or some Vasquez rocks. No, it's about Vasquez hour rocks. Hour. I think that, yeah. yeah, that's. That's exactly rocks. right. Guys, for, when is our pilgrimage at the end of I've, this I've Star Trek series? So wow. yeah, it's a very popular shooting place. Bill and Ted go there. Desert Oh, my God. Yeah. So Vulcan um, always has those shapes that look like, yeah, the Vasquez rocks, that iconic right. angular. Ah, thing. that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And even in Strange New Worlds, it, it's Vasquez rocks. And once you see it, you'll never be able to unsee it. Yeah. Right. Sure. So that's very Um. Fun. All right. Two to all two. Right. Two to two. You both got that one. Uh, next question. Nichelle Nichols, the original Uhura, hmm. filmed a scene as playing Uhura's grandmother that was ultimately cut. Oh. Would they double down on this a couple of times? That's interesting. Okay, I'm locked in. I'm locked think in. About it. Lock it in. Three, two, one. Reveal. I'm going to say true. true. Same. So I got you guys both. It was false, but it was a tricky one because mm. they were interested. So she wanted to come in. They they offered her to do a cameo. She was going to do it. But what we were talking about earlier, the writer's strike happened. Oh. And J.J. Abrams oh, actually couldn't write a new too. scene. Yeah, wow. he couldn't sure. write that scene. So they wanted to, I guess they were already into production or something. They wanted to have her come in to do a cameo as Uhura's grandmother. But because of the writer's strike, they couldn't write it in wow wow how about that yeah that is so wild dude so she would have so you had spock who is playing prime spock and then you would have had nichelle nichols playing this uhura's grandmother and so jj does the lost pilot and then leaves completely that series i believe to do mission impossible and then from there star trek so that timing since lost season like two or three is when the writer's strike hits that makes sense that does yeah season three of Lost was due to the writer's strike. And a lot of people, and it was kind of known as like a big drop in quality, right? They introduced right. a bunch of new characters in Lost and mm-hmm. uh, it went, you know, there was those famous characters that died by getting bit by poisonous spiders that paralyzed them. And then they got buried alive. Remember that? 
Oh yeah. So on yeah. Lost. <laughs> yeah, it was these new characters they introduced in season three, and then no one liked them. So like, all right, we're gonna kill them off by. We're we talking about the tailies? This elaborate. Uh, this was yeah. These are I think they were tailies, but they were like they were like robbers, right? Anyways, yeah, sure. Well, and anyways. then famously, season two of Heroes was cut short and terrible because of the writer's strike. So Zachary Quinto was probably like in between shooting, like getting fitted for ears and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, must have been very likely. Weird. Um, all yep. this stuff. 2009 was a big year for me, guys. <laughs> I, a lot happened. I, was yeah. I a senior in high school then? I kind of felt at the top of my powers, maybe. <laughs> you would have probably been in college. Okay, 2007 I graduated. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Sophomore, yeah, I graduated sophomore in college. Yep. This movie was originally going to come out 08, but got delayed to May of 09. So uh, I think okay. I saw this at the Arclight, too. So. Wait, when was Crystal Skull? Was it 2009? No That way. was 2008. That was the summer okay. of 2008. I'm just saying, yeah. guys, these, these couple years, man. 2008 I was Spider-Man 3, the Simpsons up. movie. Dude, Spider-Man 3 was coming out around this time? Yeah, Spider-Man Three. Jesus, maybe I don't right. like. I remember because that was the that was the summer after I graduated high school. I was just going to movies all summer long. My friend worked at a movie theater, so I would get in for free. So me and my friends we were just going to all these summer movies: oh, Transformers, cool. Revenge of the Fallen. I think. Uh, yeah. What a year! A bunch of other ones. What yeah. a fucking year! <laughs> Jeez. All right, but we got one more in a bonus question. Yes, is that what please. We're that's right. So we have. So this is question six. What's the score right now? Are you guys two tied? to two. We're tied up. Still, this still is, tied. A lot of misses. The bonus question maybe will be the tiebreaker. Yeah, we've been getting tricked. Um. Okay. Last question of the regular questions. So during filming, Orsi and Kurtzman, the writers, approached Nimoy and asked him approached Leonard Nimoy and asked him to star in their Transformers movie to voice a character that they were writing. A little movie called. Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, is that true or false? I'm, I'm locked in. Yeah, I'm think locked ab- in. All right, think about it. Ready? Three, two, one. Reveal. Yeah, true. True. I think that's right. right. Same side. False. Wow. Wait, what? Tricked us so many times. I tricked you again. Oh wait, no, that was true. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was wait true. A minute. Dude, we <laughs> okay. know that's a fact. I know that's I a did, fact. I did. I did kind of trick you because it wasn't. He didn't end up being in Revenge of the Fallen. So they asked him to be in Revenge of the Fallen, and he was going to play the Fallen. Uh, He was in Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon. So originally they asked him to be in Revenge of the Fallen. He couldn't do it. Eventually, voice we were wrong in Dark of the Moon. They did ask him to be in Revenge of the Fallen, so it was true. Fair enough. Okay. Oh, okay. I guess. I I blew the answer to that, but long story short. Interesting, though. Yes, it's true. I know he said the the Fallen he was in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And they were worried because they're like, oh. He's not going to do our Transformers movie, but then he was like, "Hell yeah, I was in the um, you know the animated movie, and I loved it, so I would love to come back." I remember you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, That's great. Yeah, look at Star Trek. All right, All so right. two to two or three to three. Three to three. No, or or yeah, sure. Final, final. So this will be the tiebreaker then. Yeah. So this is not a true false. This is a. You can buzz in whoever gets the. Whoever guesses the right answer first. Okay. So we'll say beam me up, Jacob, if you've got the answer. <laughs> okay. Sure. Okay. Um, which actor in the cast, in the main bridge crew cast, we'll say, which actor was a self-described religious fan of Star Trek since they were a kid? 
If you can guess which cast member of Bridge this crew. film, of this film, yeah, like Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto. Uh, Jacob, I have the answer. Boy, none of them really come off. Yes, please, Mike. Uh, Zoe Saldana. No. All right. Well, you open shot, Colin. Colin yeah, can I can I steal here? Your okay, rebuttal. So, yeah. really, none of them do come off like Trekkies. I'll say, think about their age and maybe how it lines up with what they would have been watching as a kid. Hmm. I, none of them seem that old to me. So, I'm gonna say. Just guess. I'm I'm going with my heart. You said the age thing, and that's changing my answer. But what I okay. want to say is Anton Yelchin. No. Hmm. Okay. Should I give you the answer? I mean, or how many chances guys, you want to keep guessing? <laughs> right. Um, I, I think one, my final guess. One would be last buzz. Yeah. If, if you've got it, Mike. Oh, of course. Carl Urban's the oldest guy in this cast. You Carl Urban. That was the age hint I was trying to yes. give you. Carl Urban apparently was a huge Trekkie. Watched That's the original awesome. series when he was a kid and loved the show. So he His jumped at the chance was to a dead play giveaway. Bones. Yeah. Yeah. And he okay. actively sought out the role of Bones, apparently. I, I so, also saw he was the only one who really had a previous relationship with Kurtzman and Ortsy because they were um, Xena warrior princess producers, where, of course, he is he is because it's a New Zealand product. Right. You know, he was he was on that show a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. As oh, was man. Anthony Starr. Wow. Oh, um, getting connected. So that's the end of the quiz. Oh, and we get Boimler 2 in the boys. Jesus Christ. Guys. What a tangled guys. web we weave. Wow. Guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Guys, um, if you ever need bar trivia people, want... hit us up. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, Mike, you won. On a yeah. technicality. Question. Oh, I changed no, the second the try. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> but I did want to mention this last uh, fact that I had that I couldn't fit into the quiz. But Not a question. It's so funny. I have mm-hmm. to mention it. Um, apparently at the Spike TV 2009 Scream Awards. Okay. Star Trek won for best movie. Uh, no one from the movie was there to accept the award, but William Shatner accepted the award despite having absolutely nothing to do with this film. In the acceptance speech, he jokingly accepted it as the director of Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. So wow. I don't like that fact. That makes <laughs> me scream. very upset. Yeah. The fact that Shatner was like, the Spike TV Awards are tonight? I Get my talks ready. Like, you yeah. know he was like there without a doubt. Like, without a yeah. question, he was going to that. It's just. I remember my movie hill. where I. If we hurry, fought we can make God. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I fought God. Incredible. Die, God, die. <laughs> well, no. We don't um, like this. So one. there you go. That's yeah. Star Trek 2009. JJ Abrams. Great quiz. Kabayashi Maru. Great quiz. Kabayashi Maru. We faced the closest one, thing we ever will to God just now. Thank you. That's right. Technicality. And uh, yeah, right. let's just uh, trans. Warp beam over to our final thoughts, you know, right after this. We're back here on Normies Like Us. We're wrapping up, talking our thoughts here on Star Trek 2009, the J.J. Abrams, Alex Kurtman, Roberto Orchi masterpiece. That's right. That's masterpiece right. indeed. Masterpiece. Um, <laughs> masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'll kind of jump in with some of my final thoughts here. Um, I, I kind of 
really enjoyed it. Even though it's fast, I think like it feels like a goofy Star Trek movie slash episode. Like, oh, we get a transmission from a planet. Oh, we have to get the cadets out of here. Oh, shit, it's bigger than we thought. It's a trap. You know, I don't know, like yeah. a petty, weird villain of the week. Like it felt like substance wise, you know, obviously there's a lot of, um, you know, style going on. But at its core of like the plot points and the way the character development is happening, I'm like, this is a pretty good Star Trek movie, you know, yeah. there, you know, yeah. Mike, they're just to interrupt your final thoughts real quick no, go ahead. to agree with you to say, yeah, think about it this way. There's no other Star Trek movie you would show to a non fan to get them interested. No, not even Wrath of Khan. Right. No. And, and well, I that's think, the argument is that this is the most normie. Yes. Trek has ever been or normies can jump into this and, and, and enjoy right. it. Well, it's Jacob kept saying it, but it's not your dad's Star Trek, and that's what no. I love about it. That's yeah, right, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, then my question to both of you, then maybe Jacob, you can go first. But is this better than every Next Generation movie? I say, yeah, hundred percent. Um, First Contact, I would still. Oh, uh, First Contact. This, I think. Yeah. yeah, First Contact is the only one I'll put above this, though. I think you're right. You're right. I that's disagree with like, that completely. This film is rewatchable. I would say hmm. over most of the other Star Trek films, frankly. First contact I can rewatch. First contact is rewatchable. But that's the yeah. only one I can rewatch. But rewatchable, like you fun. sit down and go, I know I did it a week ago, but first contact again, baby. Here we come. Interesting. No so way would you be. ever do that. Yeah. So it's a guy. I'll say this like in the Yeah. Know, I'll say this. Like in terms of comparing of. it to previous track, it's hard to do because it's so different. It's like going for a different thing, right? So can I really? We like, don't have I love a TV cast reprising. Right, right. It's way different. Yeah. So and I love the TNG cast, and I love the TNG show. So I'd still obviously put the show over this movie. It's just that mm. most of the TNG movies were not very good, unfortunately. Yeah, but I feel much. like they're what TNG was just worked better as a show, um, and they tried to make it into like a Hollywood blockbuster, but it just didn't work. And it's like Picard be- trying to become Action Man Picard. Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit, right? But mm-hmm. I believe Chris Pine as Action Man Kirk. Yeah. It uh, was Jack again, Ryan for one movie, <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love this cast. I think they nailed the casting. They nailed – I like the design. Like, it's it's reminiscent of old Trek stuff with the uniforms, the phasers, the ship design and everything. But it's just tweaked enough that it's its own thing. So – I really respect that it has like its own vision that it's going for. It may not be my favorite version of Star Trek, but I can appreciate what it is and still enjoy it as a film. Hmm, I like that. Yeah, yeah, certainly not bad. And I mean, the sound design too is very, very good. And mixing in the it's old very sound loud. effects, yes. it's loud, but yeah. like the phaser sounds are punched up, but it's still iconic. Like you know, and I think yeah. the sound was yeah. done by, I think his name is Ben Burt, who did Star Wars. Yeah. Like, R2-D2 no sounds and stuff very famously. So. He's the guy who walked yeah. past his TV with a microphone and it made the lightsaber noise. And he was like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, guys, so that's say, as a movie, it's a better, it's a better movie. Again, maybe not First Contact, but the other TNG movies and some of the OG movies, you know, other than I think Wrath of Khan and uh, Voyage Home for me are my favorite yeah. OG movies. 100%. Colin, I'll kick it to you real quick. But I had, I had identified when we were doing the original series movies, like two, like I think the original series those characters work best in the movies. 
Yep. And this proves that it doesn't need to be those actors because this movie still works no. with those characters, right? Yeah, that's a right. really great point, Mike. I think we all kind of came to that conclusion watching those early episodes in this series. And yeah, I there are parts of me that really wonder, Jacob, what the Starfleet Academy movie could have just been. And maybe if I would have just liked that better. Yeah, well, this is kind of building off that idea because they start at the Academy. And Roddenberry had want, been wanting to do kind of a prequel, Young Kirk and Spock at the Academy for like decades at this point. Since so TNG, kind of, right? Like literally, yeah, was like, come that was on. the original idea for TNG, right? So in a way, they're kind of fulfilling what he wanted for the future of Trek. And I'm fine with it being the first act of this. Like, I don't need an entire movie at the Academy. I personally don't. I don't want a TV show at the Academy. Like, I'm not into Harry Potter, Star yeah. Trek school, right? But yeah. that's yeah. me. That's um, I'm kind of on the other side. Again, I said my favorite stuff is the first act of this film. And when mm-hmm. they get to the Enterprise, it kind of becomes more of a just to people pointing and going like, say your line, you know, do the thing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like it has a really good setup, but it maybe lags a little bit in the middle. But I feel like the pacing is pretty good where it's just yeah. like anytime you're bored with like a talking scene or something, they're going to have some kind of crazy action or something. There's going to be a monster. Someone changing, you know, getting half naked while they're talking. They'll have something for you to look at. Right. And they'll they'll Um, continue. But overall, and as a prequel, it sets up this these characters. Great. Uh, And, you know, if this had just come out, I'd be thinking, man, I can't wait for the sequel. I hope it's really good and well, I don't hate it or anything. This would be a Paramount <laughs> Plus original, Jacob. It would be like, like you Dungeons know, and Dragons. Yes, essentially. <laughs> they would have gotten a much cheaper cast. Um, what well, is interesting to think about now. now with our favorite show, Strange New Worlds? It's yes. You have a second recasting of a lot of these characters now. It's Mm -hmm. been very hard this entire episode to sort of keep it evergreen and not every point we bring up go to. And it's actually interesting in Strange New Worlds how they because especially Mm -hmm. after look, we were kind of ragged on this early season uh, two episodes. Now I'm like super back into the show. I like season two. I've liked every episode so so far to different degrees. And we've seen more new Kirk and everything. It's interesting that that show does not fight against any shadows or legacies for me and that I truly am free to just sort of watch it and be like, this is fun and exciting. Whereas to this, there is still sort of a little bit in my bones that is like, well, that's not Shatner. That is Nimoy, strangely, you know, Mm -hmm, that just sort of making these sort of ghastly comparisons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is still like beholden to the original where they're like, we want to honor the legacy of the og cast this is the first yeah. time that we're recasting these characters and i think they did a good job of that kind yeah, of yeah, the casting why. we all agree is yes i think they nailed the casting yeah and this will be my final point it, they they did with as much respect and dignity as you could a reboot that honors the legacy like colin was saying and maintaining the prime timeline and then saying here's a new thing with a really good cast good chemistry you know i'm excited for the next one it was satisfying you know more or less start to finish for me and it's probably in my opinion my it's my favorite thing jj abrams has made period you know i think that's yeah yeah it's his best movie it's his most you like it is his best movie this better than force awakens 100 percent. i think so yeah yeah there's, I think that's kind of his because I think it's all nostalgia bait. I think that's the only thing. It's a yeah. less yeah. elegant reboot. It's a less elegant soft yeah. reboot. Yeah. 
So this yeah, is yeah. Um, now, can you imagine if Harrison Ford came through a time portal and had to explain he was from another dimension <laughs> to Alden Aaron, right? <laughs> Somehow Palpatine returned. It's called the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> no, it's no, called no, no, the no, Worlds Harrison, Between. Yeah. Ahsoka right, Tano right. told me about it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway. Let me ask you this though: random yes. question. So now that they've Please. recast, they've recast these actors for these movies, and now mm. for Strange New Worlds. Do you think one day we will get a recasted next generation, a new Picard? I but I have been Riker, asking you guys that. since we did the Picard movies. Do you want a Kelvin timeline Picard stuff? Mm. To me, that's where the fourth one would have gone. I think I guess to give us some of those characters Still could I be made. Um, yeah, that's a fun thought experiment. Like that's I want it. I don't it. know yeah. what it would be. But you, I'm yes, thinking of famous plot events from TNG's history. But you can change it just enough, you know, so like the board right. with Locutus, you could do that again with some changes yeah. to how it plays out. But yeah. it wasn't ever Picard who became Locutus. You know, it's Jonathan Franks who was uh, taken right. and turned him. That would be three, so five, nine thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Here's an idea, right? So if you're doing a prequel TNG with new actors and stuff, you get James McAvoy in a bald cap. <laughs> Doesn't need one. He has no uh, hair left. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh that's sure. so funny. James McAvoy, who played a young Professor X. He would yeah. crush dog. That would yeah. be so funny. Young Picard, funny? young Xavier. Who's your Anyways. Riker? <laughs> that's just Riker, Michael Fassbender, yeah. obviously. Uh, <laughs> that's no, really I good. Would, I would have said Pedro. I feel like they would have to go mm. with more unknown. Because like, at the time, like yeah. Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto were not huge no, names they were te- like zachary quinto was big from heroes yeah. siler everyone knew siler but this was his, his his first film role and then chris pine was really just up and coming and not an established i almost want to say the child actor slumming it was anton yelchin who had been famous for so much longer than everybody else mm-hmm. and it was kind of like oh he's taking the smaller role of because uh, mm-hmm. i think he read for kirk if, if i did my oh, research wow. correctly and then you have like John Cho, like, oh, yeah, I know, you know, Harold and Kumar. Yep. Um, but really, yeah, a lot of more kind of up and coming actors. So I'd like if they're going to do that for TNG and they're going to cast young versions of the TNG yeah. cast, maybe go. With it'll, yeah, unknowns. it'll be like, who's the guy who stars in Outlander or whatever, like the hot streaming this show is. is. This right. is my, the only person I want to cast. It'll be Data and it's Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I, I hate that, Mike. No, I hate it. everything about it. They're going for a really so big dry. budget. They can get yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, how are you? With his Keanu Reeves right. delivery. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Timmy. Timmy, All Timmy, right. Timmy. Well, yeah, good job, I think, overall uh, with 2009. Yes. And it did create well, interest, you it, know. My final thought is this is the most interesting solve to a math equation that a screenwriter mm-hmm. has ever come up with. And I truly think it should be studied regardless of what you think of the final product. And that's, mm-hmm. I'll just always appreciate it for that. It never yeah, sort of a stroke of, uh, you know, a stroke of brilliance to sort of do what they did with the time travel and stuff. And again, this is way before multiverses became oh, no, 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 no. every movie, <laughs> yes, yes, you know, yeah, not <laughs> we only even. had one Spider-Man. We only had one Close. Spider-Man at this point. Apparently right. we yeah, were wrapping not up even Andrew Garfield. Yeah. That's really yeah. blowing my mind. Uh-huh. We were uh, saying um, goodbye to him. Yeah, it's an interesting artifact, though, especially, you know, in the context of restudying, rewatching all these, and we're right in the middle of season two of Strange New Worlds. It's like, huh, 
what a thing this was, you know. So I am looking yeah. forward next month to watch Into Darkness and Beyond. Um, yeah, so we've got two more. And like I've said on previous episodes, like there is, there has been some talks of like making a fourth movie that was originally going to come out in like December 2024. I don't mm-hmm. know what the status of that is. I, I mean, it's not shooting right now, obviously. It's, it's no. in pre-production still. So I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, Ant- without Anton Yelkin, that's kind of a hit to the to the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would How much love you to need get to pay it. Zoe Saldana now. Like she's she's right. an avatar. Like you know, but like the last one they did uh, Beyond that was like what 2014 or something. Yeah, so it's yeah. been a while. But I say bring this cast back, do a fourth movie. Is it? I'd love is it. it? Is it not some sort of thing still? I guess the loophole is is they make all the Paramount Plus stuff, but they don't have to make another Star Trek movie to hold on to these rights anymore. They don't have to. I guess not because they don't have to make a movie because they're doing they're doing the whole new show. They're like, we are active in that IP, so, okay. But again, like I hinted at in previous weeks, Paramount as a studio is not doing well right now. And Paramount Plus, uh, you know, it may not even be around in a year. Right. From what I'm reading. So it's a lot of streamers are having problems right now. Well, I remember when it was called CBS All Access and all this stuff was made as CBS All Access Originals, if you guys Discovery. Yeah, Discovery was like a launch title for CBS All Access. Yes, like, it was. Watch Star but Trek Discovery we, only on CBS All Access. Jacob, when you were telling the woes of the Paramount stuff, did we specifically say, and it's kind of all highlighted or shined by them destroying a Star Trek property? You will never be able to see again. What was that Nickelodeon Prodigy. one called? Prodigy. Gone. Yeah. Delisted. They, gone. Just yeah, gone forever, the, Mike. Yeah, the Red Matter did. It's. It's crazy that they're doing these to shows now. Did I tell you I'm from the Kelvin timeline of Prodigy where it's still <laughs> yeah, <going>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It's really rough. And, you know, our beloved Strange New World, we want that to go for like seven I, seasons. I dare you to cancel and remove that because not only will you be getting some letters, you'll be getting some <laughs> anthrax. And I will mm-hmm. openly threaten that right now. <laughs> Do not yeah. cancel yeah. the one good thing Don't you dare. Apparently, mm. still going forward with this Starfleet Academy show because they always their, oh. their idea is to have two shows running, two major shows running concurrently. So they had Discovery and Picard for a while. Then it was Picard and Strange New Worlds with Discovery ending, Picard's ending as well. So it's going to be Strange New Worlds and Starfleet Academy. And, and they're also is... making a TV movie or a Paramount original movie about Section Thirty One with Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. I think right. that's still on. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. the the Academy, this is finally the idea. This is a Kirk prequel or what? No, I think Harry it's <laughs> it's new characters. Oh, it, but that's just what this prodigy. It's just going to be a kids show. I don't think, I it'll think be a kids it's, it's going to be a live action, um, maybe more teen or young adult focus. Yeah. Did you? Be, yeah, this is important <laughs> for me. Did you guys watch the Nickelodeon show growing up? Space Case. No. Oh. That space cases familiar. i need to see a picture will you both google it right now please jacob one of space the girls case. is from your beloved firefly she goes on to do that what's the girl's okay. name jewel Stath or something oh, like that yeah, oh, Jewel sure. State. Yeah. the engineer mm-hmm. right do you I, guys remember they had their own uh, kids star trek show do you guys remember space case is yes, this in your yes, brain mike yes. i I've is this coming this. back to you? You've never seen this, Jacob. Will you promise no. me you will watch the intro must, song? Yeah. There's someone who hears really good. That's their whole thing, the right? Mike, 
Yeah. There is an alien who <laughs> has super hearing and super strength, and he was born in an egg, and he doesn't have any okay. parents. I remember everything about space. Wow. First yes. thing I'm reading about it, because of budget constraints, props from Are You Afraid of the Dark and other Nickelodeon <laughs> shows were used in the show. Was it Canadian, Jacob? Because uh, say, Are, are You was, Afraid of the yeah, Dark? Yeah, it was, with, yes, it that was shot one, in Canada. Wow. 100% makes sense. Have so Nickelodeon, why Harry? did they shoot so much stuff in Canada? That's so weird. Cheap. Early. Tax breaks, maybe. Yeah. yeah. A lot of talent comes out of Canada, you know? Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. Watch, <laughs> listeners. We will be doing an episode next week on Space Case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll really. Make sure to watch it both seasons. Yeah, no. Dead Reckoning, Get Wrecked. We're not doing that. We're watching Space <laughs> no. Cases instead. That's right. Um, all Jacob's right. research is for not for, for <laughs> yeah. the Mission Impossible. Like I said, I have been watching all those Mission Impossible. They're all on Paramount Plus, my favorite streaming you love network. It. <laughs> oh, you thought the about only it. thing they've got is Mission Impossible and Star Trek and like some other action shows. In the the, the family Stallone, right? The reality show. I please don't talk to me about Stallone's my favorite family. show. Please don't. Please keep my favorite show's <laughs> name out of your mouth. Yeah, we got to keep this now, episode short. You know, <laughs> right? Who made Barbie? Is that Paramount? Uh, I don't. Or is that Warner Brothers? Googling. Movie? I don't think it's Paramount because I don't think... Who would have a deal with Mattel? Transformers. No, that's Hasbro. No, because that's Hasbro. That's That's Paramount. I'm sorry, yeah. I broke the law. I don't think Um, it's Paramount. Universal. No, it is Paramount because they have the Earth. Warner Brothers Pictures. Oh, it's WB is Barbie. Okay. I was going to say, they wouldn't have Mission Impossible and Barbie. No, that's what I was worried about. And Oppenheimer's Universal because... Nolan left. So okay, all right, interesting. Uh, this right. is all side chatter, listeners. <laughs> but you, at least of course, we get came to see Benji. We get, we get, we get, we get our old Simon Pegg connection. Right. So you get Scotty right. himself, Benji. coming back mm-hmm. next week. Yeah. So do, 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 do. if you like that actor, go watch Dead Reckoning. Get ready. Not about Tom Cruise, but yeah. But we've been cruising uh, with Star Trek 2009, and thanks for cruising with us. You know, that's God, right. It's yeah. been a hell Thank of a ride. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be back next month, of course, with Star Trek. Into Last Dark. question. I'm so sorry, guys. And we could save this for the next one, but I have to yeah. ask it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen JJ's TED Talk about the mystery box? The mystery his box. Whole, the yeah, whole philosophy on thing. the mystery box. Yeah. It makes me And that was him. the problem with Lost was that he it's set the up worst. these mystery boxes that didn't pay off. And it's interesting that that never touched Star Trek because obviously it's so logical and straightforward. There's just you. There's just none of that element that would work. Yeah. So thank God. Well, what they do? Maybe with this, this next is his movie, best, Mike. Maybe you're yeah. right. It'll be interesting. interesting. Yeah, I guess they do. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what you guys think of the next movie. I know you've probably yes. seen it before, but I haven't rewatched it. Just in what they a do long, with long it. Time. It's been yeah. a while. Yep. Yeah. So find out next next month, Normies. Tune in. We're excited. Yep. Uh, Otherwise, as always, get check reckoned. us out. Check us out. <laughs> Get ready to get dead wrecked, uh, part <laughs> one. Uh, but otherwise, check us out at normies underscore like underscore us on all social media. Uh, you can rate, review, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Helps out the podcast a lot. And uh, you can message us and say, you know, I've been watching these Star Treks along with you. Here's my ranking. You know, you probably can't see it from all the lens flare, but there it is. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, Always do. And yes, we've been your host. This is, uh, I'm going to say, Engineer Colin. This is Dr. Give it all McCoy. She's got. Oh, damn it. I'm a podcast host, not an <laughs> engineer. Oh, God. And this is uh, the Kabayashi Maru. And I have been and always shall be your normie.
Thanks, Normies. <laughs> Live long and prosper, Normies. Live I just long super and glue my hand. I can't naturally do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye. 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 My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.